0: Episode 233 right here on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, and I am very, very happy to finally be back live on Twitch with Game Face. I want to thank all you guys for your patience. Uh, We're just in a bad position with COVID and TriCaster TDs, but Jared, our savior is back Thank God. Jared, what's up, man? How are you doing? It's been a while. I've never been so happy to get a text from someone when you texted me that you're going to be able to do the show this week. So (laughs) you don't understand. Since you've been gone, like Matt and I have been recording it offline. And then the show has to be built from scratch in edit. And I have been working until three or four in the morning on Wednesday nights for the last like month. So thank God you're back. (laughs) I'm so happy about it. Uh, I hope you guys are. Yeah, Jared, you're the man. I'm so glad you finally got back. Uh, Hopefully you guys are too. Uh, I have really, really missed uh, doing the shows live with you guys. Um, Just missing the interaction with you guys, um, all the feedback, the great Q&As that we do at the end of the show, just talking with you guys before the show, after the show, all of it. I've missed all of it. It's great to be back. Uh, One thing I do want to remind you guys of, and you guys are already doing it, and I appreciate it so, so much is Twitch Prime. We, for the last two months, we have got hammered on Twitch Prime, like literally like half of what we're, we're used to getting. And obviously a big part of that um, is that you guys generally come to watch Game Face Live and that's where you all subscribe. Uh, it's great to see all you guys doing it right now. It's it's making my heart very happy. Um, Wampler13, um, Emperor Dread, Bobby Budnick, Mega Drive Guy, Les Lesteved, Ultimate Villain, Thank you guys, all you guys, for subscribing via Twitch Prime. Uh, Folks who watch this on YouTube, uh, if you don't have any cash um, and you want to support the show... Twitch Prime, baby! You can give us two dollars and fifty cents free every month. All you have to do is just click one button. It's so easy. Um, it's down in the description below. It makes a big difference for us. So thanks to all you guys jumping on the Twitch Prime train uh, just as we get started. In fact, the hype train has already reached level four. How is that even possible? Because JM Rain ninety nine is making it JM Rain. J. Rain again. Thank you, JM Rain. What a this is great to come back to uh, seeing all this. Because I've been really bummed, guys. Like <laughs> I've said it before. Like that money isn't like extra cash that we have to throw around. Like, we need it to pay the bills. So very glad to be back. Very glad that you guys are jumping in with the Twitch Prime. It makes a huge, huge difference for us. Uh, a couple things to get to before we get on with the show proper. First of all, after last week's episode, I have finally made my decision on the TV. Matt, any predictions on which one I chose? Um, not really. I mean, I hope you listen to me. But <laughs> well, you're, you're always going to say that. Which yeah. one do you think I, I chose? Just guess. I I think you probably chose the uh, OLED. Okay. Um, Actually, I I should have said everyone guess in the chat before I reveal which one I picked. Mm -hmm. It would have been fun to see what people thought. But Matt, you are right. (laughs) I chose the OLED. Um, And I know probably in a year I'm going to regret it. Um, But the way I'm looking at this TV purchase is I'm probably going to own this TV for literally like 10 years Mm -hmm. Um, So if I pay a little more now to have it for next gen, that's okay. This TV is going to be my bro for a long time to come. So I decided to bite the bullet and spend the extra money. Uh, People had talked last week about this technology called EARC that could possibly get the audio back to my receiver without needing an audio out from the TV. Unfortunately, my receiver only has... A-R-C and not E-A-R-C. And the difference is A-R-C is a very limited bandwidth. So you get like a really compressed 5.1 or stereo and that's it. So still trying to sort that stuff out. Another reason I decided to just pull the trigger on this TV is because I'm going to tear down like my whole entertainment center and then get a new cabinet for underneath it and then redo it with all like the wiring and the router for the ethernet and all that. I don't want to have to tear all that apart and do it again. It's a big Mm -hmm. job. Um so just for a another- I considered doing that just by looking at that shelf I have and being like where is the PS5 going to fit. <laughs> I know. I'm already doing it. Like I've already been measuring stuff and I've figured mm. out that I'm going to need a new uh, entertainment center as well. I'm yeah. going to I think it's just I
1: find- think this is going to be my first vertical console of all time cuz I usually put them horizontal. I just don't see any other way To foot this thing.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. So, anyway, I decided on the OLED. I have not bought it yet. So, my next thing is trying to find it as cheaply as possible. And right now, there's some pretty good deals. It's on sale kind of for like $2,300 at Costco and Amazon. But I'm afraid Black Friday is going to roll around and they're going to chop the price by like seven or eight hundred bucks. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so- here's, here's what I've heard is that like Black Friday stuff is not really going to happen. OK. The same way as usually like everyone I've seen in terms of market watch and in terms of like economic forecast in terms of retail stuff has basically said if you see a deal that you like on something post like October 5th. Just do it because because there aren't really going to be the crowds like you know the oh, day of stuff that makes sense. like people are that just throwing sense. the discounts out now they want your money now they want to beat everybody else to the punch okay. so if you find if you find an acceptable price like get it and like maybe try to make sure you get it from somebody that has a price match guarantee for a certain amount of time okay. um, you know you can wait closer to Thanksgiving if you think that's wise but like everyone I uh, you know all the the professional market people or retail watchers have basically said that black friday is two months this year like it's just the whole okay. holiday shopping that's, that's
0: encouraging to hear so and the other thing too is that i can't really wait until black friday i need this tv in like in time weeks. for the new consoles yeah it's like a week's window but it's a huge window like yeah we're gonna be doing tons of launch coverage and stuff like that i just can't do it without it so
1: and, we, and you know from seeing mine that like it's a difference. Yeah, it's, going to, oh, it's going to impact your
0: opinion of what you're playing on these new things. Yeah, somebody asked me on Sifted this week. They're like, I don't understand how you buying your new TV is going to help us. You know, how does mm-hmm. it tie into content on the site? And they're like, Are you going to like put the TV in your shoots or something? No, I was like, No, that's not it. How it's going to help you is I'm playing the games the way they're meant to be played. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal in this last gen where. Pretty much everything was 1080p with, like, 4K checkerboard. Now, it is a big deal. Not playing these games in 4K, you're not giving yeah. them a fair share. One most importantly, HDR.
1: Yeah. Like, the I HDR mean, changes, what you, changes what you're changes what you saying. Sometimes not for the better. Like, there's been a couple yeah. games where I'm just like, where is the balance? <laughs>
0: um,
1: Destiny yeah. 2 was like that. I'm just like, I can't see anything. When I first played Destiny 2 after I got the new TV, I'm like, I can't see like and and that's that's when you really realize like oh destiny you can't turn the flashlight on at will in destiny 2 like it just comes on when you're in the dark and sometimes it doesn't know how dark things are yeah um but it makes a huge you know something like you know horizon zero dawn like that's a different game in yeah, hdr it looks different
0: so i went for it i'm gonna get the OLED the other part that really convinced me is like as i kept doing or reading reviews watching reviews on youtube Pretty much every single review for that TV started with, I'm here to review the best TV on the market Mm -hmm. every time. Like, and they were all you, you like... You cannot the, beat the LG panels. Yeah, I mean, they all were like the biggest like TV YouTubers, and it's mm. unanimous. So um, if you're like me, and you've been waffling on a TV, and you can afford a nicer TV, I do think the smart decision is to go with an OLED, um, mm. but you know, everyone's different and has different needs and wants and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: I think one of the most, I mean, the HDR quality is important um, if you're looking at any TV, mm-hmm. and <coughs> and I don't have this, actually. Um the 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 h d m i two point one ports, yeah, yeah, like that's going to oh, be yeah. important too well, I, we're I'm talk pretty, about sure that my TV does, later pretty sure later my t v doesn't have those um, I know so it doesn't yeah, so um, i might I might have to upgrade when the t- i mean it kind of depends if these systems actually start playing things regularly at that level.
0: we'll get to um, that a little later, later in the show because I'm starting to really have my doubts right now, so like, I didn't have
1: as exciting a week in that regard, but I did get one thing um what? A Very late Kickstarter arrival. <laughs> <laughs> the Shenmue Three art book, and I gotta say, when I when I saw the shipment notice for that, like I almost uh, wanted to email them back, like you can keep it. Like don't, don't worry about it. We're fine. That is hilarious. And uh, then I got, an, I, they shipped another thing. I didn't like some other reward. It's like a. I don't know what it is. It's some like like pendant or necklace. I think it's like a replica of the mirror or
0: something. And I'm just like, can you just stop reminding me I did that? <laughs> oh, we just hit the hype train. I just shared the emotes. Thanks, you guys. This is freaking awesome, Godzilla. Thank you for the bits. Um, let's see, the Ronin R. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Justin Horman uh, subscribed
1: a little bit of back.
0: Yep, GetUpKid1284, thank you for Twitch Prime. iViz, thank you for Twitch Prime. I- you can see all the people who have not done it for a yeah. while. It stinks, but it's unfortunately, we just couldn't do the show on Twitch. So anyway, I pulled the trigger on the TV. Now I just have to pull the trigger on the payment, which is always the hardest part. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to do it. Uh, we'll- I'll-, I'll let you guys know when I do get it. I may even just do like a little unboxing thing or setting stuff up. We're, we're planning like a bunch of launch coverage around PS5. And, are you
1: uh, going uh, to put it on a
0: stand or are you going to mount it on the wall? Yeah, I rent an apartment, so mm-hmm. I don't want to have to pay for them to fill the big hole in the wall when I move out. So it's just going to go on a, an entertainment center, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I wish I could put it on the wall and be able to swivel it so while we're eating dinner and stuff we could see it, but when you rent, you can only do so much. Um, There are people in our building that have done it, but I'm not going to
1: pay for it. Yeah, It's not not that big. I mean, I put a bunch of holes in the wall in my old apartment, mostly from shelving. I
0: mean, I had to ask, ask to do it, but... Yep. Well, she's going to be. I didn't get uh, my deposit back, so you're right. I mean, exactly. Yeah, she's going to be entertainment entertainment center bound until I finally have a home. God willing, that'll happen someday. That Mm -hmm. would be nice. Uh, So, anyway, there you go. That's my final TV decision. We have one little thing to uh, tie up before we get into the show proper, and that is we have drawn the winner for this month's Indie Loot Fiend. Um, patron. So those who pledge twenty dollars or more per month are a part of that tier. And once a month we draw a winner from that group of people, and there were, I believe, like 60 or 70 people or patrons who are pledging at that uh at that amount or higher. And we chose one winner. And the winner is we really need like a drum roll, like in the Tricaster to play whenever I do this stuff. And the winner is McEaton. And I'm very happy to hear that McKeaton won something because he has literally been down with Sifted from day one. He has been uh, a big dollar patron for since the beginning. Uh, it always feels good to see people who have supported us the way he or she has. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, to be honest. Uh, he or she has uh win something from our Patreon. So there you go, we'll do another drawing next month. Um, and just so you guys know, he basically has the option of either an indie game of his choice Or he can tell us that he just wants credit towards some game that he's playing. So uh, you can either get an indie game or you can get loot towards a game that you're currently playing. And uh, we'll reach out to him on Patreon as soon as the show is over. And uh, we'll get that out to him as soon as possible. Congratulations, McKeaton. Uh, Well-deserved, man. You have stuck behind us uh, through thick and thin. So I really appreciate it. All right, it's time to get on with Game Face Two Thirty Three. I'm really excited to be doing this live. Uh, we're gonna kick things off with, as we, I think we've done for the last several episodes, next gen updates. We've got Matt. We got three weeks. I saw a tweet from Microsoft yep. today. T minus three weeks till next gen, until Generation Nine. Are you pumped, dude? I am. I am like really excited. In- sort for- of. I mean,
1: I I have something I'm very concerned about the week before uh before i can be <laughs> i need to see what happens the week before before i decide if the consoles are a celebration or a consolation
0: okay so yep <laughs> that's a good point man <laughs> it, it could either be like this is just the icing on the cake yeah. or it could be like this
1: is gonna dry up my tears gonna- a lot of lot of important stuff has happened in november first it couple is. weeks of november and uh not bigger I, than the one yeah. i heard absolutely so but, anyway uh, gonna- yeah I'm ex- i mean look i'm 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 hitting you can tell i'm excited when i stop watching pre preview material for something yeah. so i've kind of stopped watching miles morales stuff okay um, well that's because,
0: too bad because we're going to talk about it today yeah show. <laughs> but
1: i mean i've seen a lot of stuff come out about there's a point at which like like i'm you like, like uh, you got me you got it we're, yeah. we're in we're cool like yeah. um But uh, it's all really cool. I really actually like the way they're they're approaching that. Like Insomniac's been very active online, like Mm -hmm. showing new stuff and getting the hype up. And uh, I actually watched Into the Spider Verse last night because I was had it all in my mind. Like it's working. Mm -hmm. Like it's working, guys.
0: (laughs) Well, Game Informer blew the game out this week, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that they revealed in their excellent coverage that they did over the last uh, handful of days. Uh, But first, we're going to kick things off talking about what the latest news is on the PlayStation 5. And as I said, it's three weeks away, basically, for both consoles. And uh, so generally what we're getting is just tons and tons of little stuff. And there, there has been enough little stuff to keep talking about this week after week. And you can just see the marketing plans all snapping into place. This is all a plan. And of course COVID probably threw some of that stuff off but they probably just shifted it all. It's very smart the way both companies are doing things. It's, it's keeping it front and center on Sifted every single day with at least one big story that people care about. Um, they're doing it right. They're doing a good job. And I would just say right now, I'm at about DefCon three of hype, and that that's there's one more level to go, and that's going to happen on launch day. But I am there. I am pumped. I just the measuring and the shopping for an entertainment center and the TV. It's all just winding me up and getting me there. So I am yeah, get excited. Getting the new TV and everything is like really the, the completion of. Just cycle my two point one cables. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like the signifier that I am stepping into a new realm. So yeah. I mean, I, I probably like I
1: probably the excitement level stepped up a bit when I ordered the the hard drive cables. Yeah. After I watched the Digital Foundry thing, I'm like, well, I guess I'll get that SATA yeah. SSD and yeah. the and the connector they use because they said that that was their best connector they had. Um. So I'm like, I'll just get those in preparation because I do want to see. What a bunch of the you know I do want to play uh, Assassin's Creed Unity at 60 frames per second on the Xbox. I, you know, I want you know I could probably do that on my computer, but like there's something about doing it on the on the on the new system that like is a fun proof of concept. I don't think I'll play the whole game, but it's I want to do that. I want to do some backwards compatible mess around with uh, with the Xbox because there's not much else to do.
0: <laughs> We're on gonna it. get to that as well but, later um, on in the show. <laughs> yeah. But yeah,
1: it's it's uh you know once you start buying the 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 prep stuff. Um, Although I do remember a day when there was no prep stuff. You just bought the goddamn system. <laughs> that's true. But um, we're in a different world now. So. Yes,
0: we are. And we're assimilated into it at this point. So oh, yeah. I've just accepted it. Um, Davil124, thank you for Twitch Prime. McWomble, thank you for Twitch Prime. Hope you're doing well, man. Hope all you guys are doing well. It's been too long since I've seen you guys. So, hope you guys are all hanging in there with COVID and all the other insanity that's going on right now. All
1: right, let's And, and Bunko, yes, I am getting Miles Morales Ultimate for the remaster because I, I actually have been wanting to replay spider-man but i'm gonna wait for that that's another
0: thing that's been percolating up in me over the last week is how good the first spider-man was watching all this miles morales stuff um anyway we'll get to that Uh, let's talk ps5 uh the big reveal this week was the playstation 5 user interface um now, we pretty much know what Xbox uh, Series X, what its interface is. Yeah. In fact, they just updated yeah, we're, the Yeah, we're pretty much looking at we're it there. Our Xbox yeah, it's ones. already there. Yeah. Like, if you have an Xbox One, you're already seeing what's coming. And the main
1: difference seems to be that, like,
0: all the icons are rounded on the corners now. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was the like big sifted. change. <laughs> it yeah. looks like Sifted, honestly. Um, so, anyway, we know pretty much what the UI looks like for Xbox Series X. The rumors were that the UI on PS5 was going to stay the same. We got some report like weeks and weeks ago about that. That is not true. <laughs> no, I, I knew for a
1: long time that, like they were ditching the the at least the full cross menu bar thing. Although they I mean, did it fully, assumed.
0: yeah, they but, haven't uh, completely. Um, but they have completely revamped and overhauled the user interface for PlayStation Five, and now that you see. Now that you see it in action and what it does, they had to. <laughs> yeah. With the features that the console has and the things that they want to do with the console, they really had no choice. They had My conspiracy
1: enjoy. mind finds it interesting that the account they use is a kill zone icon
0: avatar. <laughs> you don't like <laughs> the that. last time you heard anything about that fucking IP. <laughs> Matt, of, of everything they showed in the new UI, what struck you the hardest? Like, what um, do you think is the coolest thing that we're going to get the most use out of? Like, I don't know if we're going to get the most use out of it
1: because I need to kind of see how it works in reality. But, like, the game hint thing was a neat idea.
0: Um, I feel uh, like we saw that with Stadia, remember? Stadia,
1: Stadia was like... had something like that. And, I, I mean, <laughs> I look, when, when G4 ended, I ended up being contacted by several biz dev people who wanted to work on this or that or whatever in the run-up to the new consoles. And there were people working on something like this for the PS4 and the, and the Xbox One that just never happened. Uh-huh. Um, for whatever reason, I mean, my guess would be that the OSs were already, you know, giant hogs to the point that if you didn't build it, build the OS with that in mind as a feature from the beginning, all you're going to do is bog things down. So it wasn't
0: feasible, but that's clearly probably why it has gotten slower over time. The cross media bar; it wasn't built to mm-hmm. maybe be built upon as much as they had hoped. But that's an interesting thing. If that can actually work in a
1: smart way and not be obtrusive and sort of be an assist more than an annoyance, like that's a that's a pretty cool feature. Uh, just because it would cut down on how often I need to have my laptop
0: open in front of me while I'm doing so, while I'm playing something. Now, we should explain Um, to people what it is for those who haven't seen sort of the media that Microsoft put out. It is basically, while you're playing the game, you can hit the, is it the Xbox button or is it the start button or the new button on the controller? I don't remember. I can't remember either. But you hit a button and an interface comes up and literally there are video Mm walkthroughs for that very specific point in the game that you're standing at. And it'll figure out where you are. It'll say, here it is. You want to watch it? I want to watch it. It'll literally show... How to go through the section of the level? Um now, one thing that I can that I've been considering since this happened is, isn't this just gonna shut down like a cottage industry on YouTube? Like there are a lot of YouTube channels that are just one hundred percent that, you know what? yeah, how I do mean, I get the the gold key to open the purple lock? Like I think it
1: depends. like I do find myself, you know if I use videos for stuff like that, I do find myself going back to the same people. A lot. The people I, who don't say anything, man. Right. The people who just like <laughs> the people who who don't like spend five minutes babbling about crap. Yeah. The people who put it all in one video with timestamps, and the people who just they don't talk. They zoom in on the map. They zoom out. They walk That's- to the thing. They look at the thing and they pick it up. We're done. Like, you know that's what? all I want. Those
0: are like 30 seconds. I am totally fine watching a five second ad for that. Like, yeah. the people who are like, hey, it's blah, blah, blah. And I've been playing this blah. It's like, no, bro, where's the freaking key? I don't <laughs> care about you. I don't care about your dog. I care about the key. Where is it? Like, it drives me bonkers. Hey, guys, how you doing?
1: Like, oh, so I've been playing this really great game. And I know like some people have emailed me and told me that they're having trouble finding this one thing. So we're going to look at this one thing. Uh, but first, uh, one thing that's really good if you need to explain something well is Squarespace. It's, it's like just from...
0: <laughs> I know. How'd you get yeah, a sponsorship
1: for a 30-second Where's the Hidden Foozle yeah. video? We're
0: actually seeing this feature right now in the B-roll. They're showing yeah. it to you guys right now. The timing has, has worked out well for this one. Um, and th- the videos that they have in there, no BS. It's literally... Right. It just shows you going from where you need to go to where you need right. to well, end. Because
1: they, they don't need ad revenue on right. those things. Yeah, they, they
0: don't. Um, so I can see... Well, here's the thing. It's only on... X or on PlayStation 5 right now. Mm-hmm. Xbox Series X may get it. So, look, the walkthrough YouTube industry isn't going to fold, but certainly this is going to take a nice chink out of it, uh, out of the armor. And, you know, if Xbox eventually does develop this tech as well for Series X, then it could be bad. I mean, it could be mm-hmm. all Switch and PC games for this stuff going forward. So, um, I feel for those guys who have worked hard. I mean, those people work freaking hard. Guides are some of the worst content. Oh, yeah to create in the industry. The worst, the,
1: worst. the worst segments I ever had to make were for cheap.
0: It's the hardest work, it's the most time Endless. consuming work, and it generally pays really terrible. Like guides, back GameSpot. We used to pay people like two hundred bucks to write yeah. like game fact guides. It's crazy.
1: Um, so I did the general- I did the cheat that was entirely about Shadow of the Colossus. I, play, I had to play that game twice for that. So I, I so that was like I must have put forty some hours into do into yeah. just playing and recording, let alone logging and writing. Like and I, that was all for like
0: basically it would come out to about eighteen minutes of no. television. It was so I, Yeah, nothing. exactly. So I do appreciate the hard work that these people put into it and I feel mm-hmm. bad for them that it that it could be sort of going away. Um also Johnny Hurricane, Sifter Johnny Hurricane, he actually does walk through stuff. I don't know if Johnny's on the stream today, but he does, he does this stuff like we like without the VO and all the crap. He just shows you what you want to see. Um so anyway, I thought that was probably the coolest feature. I don't know how often I'll use it. I'm also wondering just how good it's gonna be i mean they're showing it now it's like easy to set that up but if you're playing like a third party game is like is ea gonna pay a team of like basically youtubers to go in and play their games and create all that i don't know matt like i Mm -hmm. i think it's probably gonna be confined mostly to first party stuff yeah i would think so it's a cool feature but asking a publisher to do that that's a that's a big ask and who knows
1: like what kind of deals like if you know if it did come to Xbox um, would you know Xboxes deal with EA with going with game pass playing it like would that only right. be on Xbox
0: yeah, you know? yeah it gets really complicated yeah yep, you're right um, so I thought that was really cool I don't know how much I'll use it and I don't know how prevalent it's gonna be once we actually have our ps5s um, the other thing uh, activities what do you think about this Matt this I thought was This honestly may be the coolest thing and the thing that I think I will use the most. Because basically they're kind of like achievements. They're like very specific goals within the game. But the cool part is, is you can look at the list and you can say, okay, I've completed these, these, these. these. Oh, I haven't completed this one. And you can select it and it will warp you right to the point in the game that you need to be at to complete it. Hmm. Again, it sounds so work intensive, but really freaking cool. Like, I don't know how game makers do that. I guess they just put triggers in their games at certain points when people reach those points, so that Um yeah, well, then-
1: I mean, you can flag anything. Like, the trick here, they're clearly using that, you know, the pipeline thing where you can load data yep. in pretty much instantly on this thing. Yep. So... It's cool. Yeah, that seems like something that somebody came up with, suddenly realized they could do yeah. with this hardware setup. And they're like, oh, we could do that. All right, that's cool. Let's do that. Okay. So, that, yeah. Again, that seems like something like maybe more prevalent in first party titles. Um yep. who knows Again. how well optimized multi platform stuff will be for this system? Uh, yeah. We hope well, but who
0: knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I've got my fingers crossed. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. After the PlayStation 3. PS4 was great. But after the PlayStation 3, I'm always going to be a little skeptical with a third party on Sony, at least out of the gate. That's just the way it's going to be. And they earned it. So um, what else was a part of the UI that they showed? Those are really the big ones. New share options. Mm-hmm. There's a new share button on the Series X controller. Um, and the sharing stuff is pretty freaking extensive. Um, the other thing I liked about it was how you do not leave the game to do most of the stuff. Like Mm -hmm. this interface just comes up over the game and you can start selecting. And this is true for pretty much all this stuff we've been talking about. You don't have to like go out back to the home screen, fiddle around with what you want to, and then go back to the game. Um, I think this stuff is way cooler than the suspend stuff that's been promoted out the yin yang over the last like two months. Um, It's really cool functionality, and it's something that could only be done with an SSD and big pipelines. So it's next gen. It's stuff like this, I think, that may end up impressing people more than the graphical leap, particularly if they don't have a good 4K TV. Um, But again, it's just this little stuff that just keeps adding up. Um, week after week for both PlayStation and Xbox, to be fair. And later on, we do have a topic on Xbox Series X where we're going to go over all the latest stuff that they've revealed over the past seven days. Uh, What else? Um, Some other things came out from PlayStation that I think some people may not be quite as happy about. Um, And at least at first, people were really angry about some of the stuff. Uh, The first thing is that the PlayStation 5, everybody knows the PS4 has had a fan problem. Uh, the, The OG PS4, to a certain extent, The PS4 Pro especially, that thing just sounds like a jet engine getting ready to take off from underneath your TV. It's a well-known issue. Sony's well aware of it, and it's so well aware of it that, one, it has gone the extra mile to make sure the PlayStation 5 is, is as quiet as possible. But also, it is going to optimize the use of the fan by gathering data from people's PS5 APUs. Um, now that's not personal data. Like it's, they don't know if you have a disease or something like that from that information. Um, but it is still data that you have generated. So people are a little concerned about the privacy stuff there. Um, I don't think they should be. I think it's, I think the cause is tr- is is just and true. I think that there's a good reason for Sony to do it. I do not know if you can opt out of it if you want. My guess is that you probably will be able to. Yeah. Um, But then you're not contributing to making the fan better on PlayStation 5, which hopefully isn't a problem in the first frickin' place. But we'll see. It does seem like it runs really quiet. All the uh, Japanese YouTubers that covered it, like, you couldn't hear it running. So it sounds like it's not going to be an issue, but I like that Sony has a plan in place just in case it does, in fact, become a problem. So I I am still not used to how big that thing is. I know it's gigantic, dude. It is just monstrous. Like, for instance, so we're, we're going to talk about a game a little later that I've been playing or I played yesterday and uh, I capture all the footage here in this back bedroom, which is like my little office. Um, so I have to like move the PS4 from the living room back to here. When I want to play on the TV, I go back and bring it outside. And I was just thinking today when I took the PS4 out of here, I was like doing this with the PS5 is going to suck. Mm. <laughs> it's so big and it's so heavy. It's like, like you can't, are you going to be able to throw your PS- a PS5 in like your shoulder bag and like take it with you somewhere? Like I, mean, I don't know that. Need, I think you're gonna need like a gym bag. Yeah. Like I don't know that that's gonna be a thing. Like every console I've ever owned, I've been able to just take a shoulder bag and just throw it in there yeah, and take gonna, it wherever I needed to go. You're gonna need some with a frame. Yeah. It's gonna need like one of those crazy like hiker backpacks yeah. with like the straps that go across the front. <laughs> uh So yeah, it's it's big and it's something you're gonna have to consider for sure. Um It's a it's probably the biggest console ever. So I don't think anyone is really ready to. Kind of deal with this until we have it in our hands and we're, we're kind of figuring out how it's going to fit in our entertainment center or whether we're going to stand it up or lay it sideways, whatever. It's going to be a trip trying to figure it out. Um, let's see. The PlayStation 5's retail box was revealed this week in a Burger King ad. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> No, I didn't see that. I mean, I saw the other Burger King
1: thing with the bag and the startup sound.
0: Yep, so they gave them the startup sound and then they ended up giving them the retail box. So the next... The box crushed the king with its (laughs) sheer
1: mass.
0: (laughs) They're doing giveaways, PS5 giveaways, so if you get a drink or whatever, Mm. you get like a thing and if you win you get a PS5. Well, they were showing the people winning the PS5s and they had Mm. the box there and they were like bowing down to it or whatever. It honestly looks almost identical to the playstation 3 box it's mostly white mm-hmm. um but it's fine who cares it's just a stupid box and it's yeah, just gonna throw go- it
1: out as soon as you're sure you that you it's throw not your broken. boxes out once i know that they don't they, they work yeah i don't i keep all mine
0: that's so again i don't have a home so mm-hmm. like when i go to move i don't want to just like throw all my consoles in something and let them get broken i put them all back in their boxes stack them up and then put those inside other boxes and I take really good care of them so i, mean, I,
1: do, I do that with my transformers the, the high-end stuff but yeah. i with all the consoles
0: you never have to move kyle
1: ever again no but even when i did move i just you know i just threw them in a shoulder bag and <laughs> like i said drove them <laughs>
0: over i don't like well you know i moved across the country and right. it's, it's different but
1: anyway i have I, always carried most of my electronics personally even if i used a moving company like i i would generally move my my, my computer and my my current gen consoles carefully myself.
0: Yeah, when I retire a console, I put it back in this box and it gets stacked in this closet that's over my shoulder here. Uh, It's pretty cool actually to go in there and look now because I've lived in California for 20 years at all the consoles I've bought just since I lived here. Pretty nuts. Uh, The thing I think that is going to anger people the most of the new details from PlayStation 5 from this week is that, and at first people did flip out over this, is that Sony revealed that the PlayStation 5 records voice chat for moderation purposes. And so people initially were like, what? They thought Sony was recording everything and it was going back to some database somewhere and they're trying to find like filter it for bad words or whatever. That's not how it works. Um, Basically it's recording, it's on like a buffer. So it doesn't record everything. It always has like the last like 10 minutes or whatever of your voice chat. The reason they're doing it is so when you report someone else and you're saying this person was acting like a jackass. That you have proof of it, uh, because think about it. From Sony's perspective, before you could be like, "This guy's been tossing out racial slurs. He called my mom a name." Um, but what proof does Sony have that he that person did that? They don't. So they'd have to either take the the word of the person who's filing the report or just ignore it. Well, now if you want, if you report someone, you'll be able to tag the actual communications to your report. Set, and that is sent to Sony, and then they can actually listen to the person saying what you're saying that they said, and then ban them if they need to. So I like it. No, I don't ever like someone just recording everything I do or whatever. I think I got over that with the Connect. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm not that concerned about that stuff, but I am concerned about toxic people online. Um, and I played some, of the, some more of the uh, Call of Duty Cold War beta over the weekend. Oh, my God. I like I, one thing I'm glad about that game has a mute all toggle in it because <laughs> I had to mute all of them. Anyone that used a headset was awful. So I can see why Sony's doing it. I think it's a pretty smart way to do it. I understand the privacy concerns. I understand why some people may be upset and may not like it, but I do think it's for the better good. What say you, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably, you got to come up with some solution for the toxicity online. Like I haven't, and it doesn't really affect me because I haven't, I don't remember the
0: last time I voice chatted on anything. Yeah. But um. Yeah, they were coming through my TV speakers because I had not turned yeah. it off. I didn't have a headset on. All the crap was coming out. My wife was like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep, welcome to online gaming. Usually you can't hear it because I have a headset on. hmm so, yeah, she got a little taste of uh, the online gaming community. I was I was a little embarrassed, but uh, that's the way it is. So I think Sony's doing, handling it about the best way that you can. I can't really think of another way for them to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Like Maybe it won't be super effective in the end, but it's worth a shot.
0: Yeah, I guess. it's better than doing nothing. Doing nothing's not going to fix anything. So at the very least, they can try this. If it's not working, if consumers really hate it and they're really angry, they can get rid of it or they can tweak it. But at least they're trying to do something, and I appreciate that. Um, And then here's one that also might dig into some of the fans a little bit. PT, not backwards compatible on PlayStation 5. No shit. <laughs> yeah, Konami dropped that bomb. Um, are you surprised that PT isn't going to be playable? No. Like, how would you even get it on there? I know. It's like you can't, you can't even get the file onto the hard drive no. of the PlayStation 5. No, it's like,
1: it, it, P, I don't understand the. I mean, a part of it's, I know, because it's a scarcity thing, because you can't get it anymore. And it, it's like, it wasn't that good. Like it no, it's fine. I, I got bored. It's I played cold. it for like ten minutes,
0: and I was like, "Okay." <laughs>
1: but like, I don't understand the the furor around this thing. I, I don't have it on, on the P. I have it on my PS4 Pro. Like, I I have it there in case I want it. But like, well, my was, hard drive
0: died, and I lost it.
1: I had to I don't see wanting drive. it really. So yeah,
0: I I I didn't shed any tears. Although I still have, for some reason, I refuse to. Delete the notification in my notifications of like that I got it. I don't yeah. know why. I always see it and I just leave it there. Uh, but anyway, so it's not gonna transfer over, which really brings up a, a point for me. Is that's one of the few reasons to keep a PlayStation 4? Can you mm-hmm. think of another Matt? Because a lot of people sell their consoles when they get a new one. <laughs> I typically don't, I typically keep all my consoles, but I am really struggling to to find any reason to keep my PlayStation 4 Pro. Can you think um, of any?
1: I mean, not really, unless you really want to play Robinson: The Journey. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I guess for now, like, you can hang on to it if you're a big VR person, because there's no, you know, the the the, the adapter that's doesn't true. exist yet. That's a good point. Okay. Um, but it really seems like a lot of it is is being made redundant yeah. in pretty much every important way.
0: Yeah, which I'm totally fine with. I have no problem yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I that's, a,
1: that's an <laughs> every, upgrade to me. I
0: got my money out of my PS4s and then some. <laughs> I'm totally cool with sending it out the pasture. I'm also totally cool with selling it and getting like 100 or 200 bucks to put towards like my HDMI 2.1 cables or whatever. Because they're not cheap, unfortunately. And you and here's another thing. You do need to get all new HDMI cables for 2.1 um, if you are going to get a TV that's 2.1. Uh, Just a note there. Um, And then the final update on PlayStation 5 from this week is that accessories are out in the wild. So the DualSense controller, there's been a bunch of photos posted on Twitter from Walmart and a couple other retail stores uh, that the controllers are out there already. The headsets are out there already. Uh, this is really early, Matt. Like, I remember back, like, the Dreamcast, like, a week before the games were in stores, you go buy games. Uh, there have been controllers that have appeared in stores, like, a few days before a launch. Not, like, three or four weeks. It's, like, it literally depends. almost a month before the PS5
1: launches. It depends. I mean, I, I remember buying, uh, like, a couple of N64 games well before yeah. Uh, at Toys yeah, R us. Just, I remember okay, buying, yeah.
0: buying them too. Yeah,
1: I was afraid they would sell out. Um yeah, I, I had I had the games before this I got this I didn't get the system until
0: Christmas, but I was I got buying I like, got pilot wings before the system came out.
1: Yeah, I got Mario sixty four before it came out. Like it was it was a it was a while ago. It was already gone. I had to get yeah. Mario on launch day and I was very happy that they <laughs> Right. And uh, of course, I didn't get to play it till Christmas when I got the system. But like, right. I was like, I, like the shortages on those things were so pronounced that I was like, oh, I, was gonna, I was gonna buy him when I see him, and I saw him real early. I was like, okay, and so I did actually play it. I guess at my friend's because he got a one at launch, oh, okay. so I, but he couldn't find Mario. So I'm like, well, I got Mario. Like, let's do that. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> Wonder teams act. Wonder twins activate.
1: Yeah. it works out perfect. So sometimes it happens. Like I. It's uh, it's unusual. i I feel, I don't recall seeing like the official accessories. That's like I've, I remember seeing like Mad Cat stuff that soon. Yeah, but not like the first party stuff. Neither. that soon.
0: I mean, it's good to see though. I mean, it shows yeah. that their production lines are already up and running and running well. Um, it means that we're it, no one's probably going to be struggling to get a second controller online. It day. also
1: says to me that they were originally launching this thing in October.
0: Yeah. That'd
1: like, awesome. I've always held to an Oct- like a late October release for this thing. And I think it was supposed to be that originally. Cause I don't think they, I still don't think they would by choice want to launch two days after the competition.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's like, real close. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, the production lines in China yeah. with COVID and everything. And, and like, shipping
1: and stuff. And look, they're going to win anyway. Like, you know, yeah, it's not going to be a, a problem for them as much as it might be a problem for Xbox. So I think they're both going to sell out that week. No problem. But, um, I am. I you know. I still hold to my initial impression that Watch Dogs was supposed to align with the PS5 launch at it, the end it of October.
0: It makes sense. Um, and now you're right. Now that the peripherals are going out into the retail chains, it makes sense. It mm-hmm. definitely because those
1: sense. those can be a separate reta- like distribution pipeline than like oh, the yeah. main hardware. And you a lot of times you just can't like like you're already like right now uh, tangentially um, the action figures for the Eternals movie are coming out in stores because mm-hmm. that was supposed to be out at the beginning of November. <laughs> um, and you it's can't like stop all the master,
0: that. It's like all the Halo Infinite stuff that's yeah, going all on the Infinite right now. All the Black Widow
1: merch came out in May. Yeah. You know, all the Wonder Woman stuff's going to be out. stop yeah. it. No, it's like, and, and the worst part is like, you look, at it's like, oh, I guess... I guess that's what happens yep. <laughs>
0: in the movie. <laughs> <It's>
1: like, <laughs> yep, but, um, so. but I think that's maybe what happened here is like, you you know, the, the accessories and the Yeah, the they're like, why keep is, them?
0: Like, let's just get them out because we're going to need to make more yeah. and ship more. And so like, you're probably going to pa- have
1: to pay more to like store them for a while. Yeah. So, just like let them go through the pipeline hit stores and
0: do what you're going to do. Like, yep. you're going to make the money one way or the other. So why not? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, so far the photos have shown the headset and the controller, but not the camera yet, not the remote yet. But we just saw the remote. No, it's you mean in our bureau. Yeah. No, I'm talking about at stores. They're not oh, for sale no. yet it's just so far it's just been the controller and the headset that people have seen in stores Uh, and then obviously you have those two other things that are coming as well I've never had a remote for a game console I just got one because I cut the cord and I'm using YouTube Mm. TV on my Xbox One so I got an Xbox One remote and it's the biggest and it's the officially licensed one and it is the biggest piece of junk yeah the reviews on Amazon were five out of five. Can't believe how cheap. It's awful. I'm like, man, the standards on Amazon are so low. <laughs> you know out of their paid reviews. I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah. I can't like I can't remember
1: like a couple times. Like we have a weekly movie night, and like every once in a while, you know, we we watch stuff on various things. And a couple things I have are you know through the TV, but there's some apps that just aren't on the TV, so I use one of the consoles, like either the mm-hmm. PS5 or the or the Xbox. And whenever I've watched stuff on the Xbox. Um, which I believe I have, I think I mainly use Hulu on that because um, the Xbox, for a long time, the Xbox Hulu app did not play properly on my setup. And every time the the interface for playing stuff and also for playing like discs on the PS4 is so unintuitive on the controller that every once in a while I'm like, maybe I should buy a universal remote. <laughs> so a, and I'm like, that's, that's how they get you. <laughs> <I'm> like, that, <laughs> you did that on purpose. You made using controllers suck on purpose so I'd buy your stupid remote. No, 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 I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing
0: it. I just feel weird not using a TV remote to watch TV. I don't know what it is like, just having it there in your hand, flipping through channels. Like it just feels weird with a controller, and controllers are bigger and bulkier, and you can't you can't operate a controller with one hand. That's the important part, really. Right. Um, so I just it was like twenty bucks, and it wasn't worth twenty bucks. It was literally it probably cost them four dollars to make. I mean, it. my remote is as easily as big as one of my controllers. But it's
1: one of those big you universal have a harmony things. or whatever It's a and it's uh it's a control four thing, it controls everything in the in the in the Same room. Thing, though, basically. It's like hooked into the home multi network basically remote. Yeah. yeah. Um, those, are, those are cool. Once cause, uh, you turn up yeah because everything like a lot of the, the the AV stuff is in the garage in like a stack like in a in a thing in the garage. And so like I need the remote controls the stuff in there. So i have to go into the garage to change like the audio output and stuff. Um, but it's pretty neat. Uh, it's just one of those things I'm not early on I was like remote has a screen that's weird (laughs) like it's like can I watch the TV on the yeah. remote? <laughs> I don't even need a TV anymore. And they program—that's the other thing—is like they programmed the guys who set the all my set all my you know low, low voltage stuff up, set up the remote and stuff. So it's all labeled with what I was going to use for each input. So there's one is PlayStation and Switch and and one labeled Steam when I thought I'd use a Steam the Steam box, Steam Link thing, uh-huh. uh, and Xbox. And I'm like, well, I. I, I guess the new systems are going to have to go on the same inputs because I don't know how to change <laughs> the names of these things. So that's, yeah. that's, that be, HDMI 2 is going to be PlayStation forever. That is,
0: my receiver, you can change the names of your inputs. And I've already yeah. changed mine to PS5 and Xbox. I'm
1: sure you can change. Well, I'm actually lucky that they didn't put the numbers on them. Like, they didn't yeah. put Xbox One or PS. 4. Well, my Pioneer 4. receiver
0: actually on the display will say PlayStation 5. Xbox. This is like auto-detected?
1: No, I have, I can, can just in. type
0: in what I want it to display.
1: Yeah, mine, the remote just said they just put in... PlayStation, so it's going to be any PlayStation. That's that's good. That remote's good for the PlayStation 9.
0: Yeah, exactly. Xbox, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's it for the latest PlayStation 5 news. As always, every week, we're going to keep you guys up on the latest from both the next-gen consoles. And like I said earlier, we're going to talk about Xbox Series X here in a couple topics. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Sega's 60th anniversary again. Uh, the first time we talked about it was we talked about the Game Gear Micro which is basically this huge cash grab that sega released in japan are these little itty bitty Mm. game gears uh that have like three or four games and there's like a few of them and each in each one has a different collection of games on it the reviews that now that they've been released in japan the reviews have been abysmal they're like terrible you can't play them they're basically just a novelty so see them like they yeah they're just ridiculous i mean look
1: i'm a big game gear fan i had one when i was younger and loved it and Played it a lot, played a bunch of stuff on it. Like I would sit, I would sit with my in high school, I'd sit with my girlfriend and we'd we'd play Game Gear games back and forth. We'd hand it back and forth and play it that way. Like if you put out a decent like Game Gear nostalgia but item, like I am all over that shit. But But that was not, not it.
0: No. Not <laughs> so at that all. flopped and, and no one cares about it. And so Sega's next program uh, for its 60th anniversary was this week. And essentially what it did was it released an old unfinished reboot of Golden Axe from 2012 and just gave it away on Steam, Hmm. Um, which sounds cool. You're like, okay, they tried to reboot Golden Axe. It didn't work. And oh boy, did it not work? (laughs) Watch this B-roll to see how it did not work. And it didn't work, but they're going to, Give it to me anyway, just for me to check out, and that's exactly what Sega did. So you could—it was for one day only. You can't get it now; it's gone. You—you can't get it. Uh, But for one day only, you can go to Steam, you can download it, and you're seeing B-roll of it right now, obviously. And everything was like, "Oh, that's cool. That was a good idea," and everyone was kind of happy about it. And they're like, "The game stinks, but who cares?" They gave it away, and then one of the people who actually worked on the game spoke up and said, hey, 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 wait a minute. This game was created under some of the most extreme crunch I've ever seen. And this guy has been in the industry for decades. So he's seen it. And he said that it was literally the worst crunch he had ever experienced. The Sega Sega were basically like slave drivers um, trying to get them to finish the game. And then it ultimately didn't work and all their work was for nothing. And so he was very angry that a product of crunch became a marketing tool for sega mm. okay matt how do you feel about this
1: um i mean i sympathize with him like i don't it's also like you look at it and you're like for this yeah like <laughs> this, this there was this crunch is what on
0: this game well like, how long did crunch in last two days <laughs>
1: yeah like, what in the world was so like important <laughs> about this game that they wanted to do that with it like
0: like what was know. what was
1: what was the the mass like timeliness demand for a Golden Axe reboot? Like it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, like, I
0: mean, look, I remember actually that era, and people were asking for a Golden Axe reboot back then. Um, now they probably don't care anymore, and mask. Sure, why would you need? Why would
1: you need thing. it? In, why would you need it in such a?
0: Hasty manner that you do that to a team. It's very I just can't strange. understand looking at that game how there was any crunch involved. It's nowhere near close. Look, the whole game takes three minutes to finish. Like, how can I don't understand? Like, I don't want to say that the guy is embellishing or it's sour grapes or whatever, but this seems like a stretch to me, Matt. It doesn't seem like a stretch to me at all. Like, there's a lot more. That like, goes I into believe a game. he crunched, but
1: yeah. there's a lot more that goes into a game than just what it looks like. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot of work behind the under the hood and behind the scenes. I mean, and, I know that
0: I've been working as a games journalist yeah, for twenty
1: five like, years. But just because this is not a good game doesn't mean that they didn't work, you know, three months or four months straight on it or something. Like, I would have, uh, I
0: would gather that's probably exactly the amount of time that that game was worked on, mm-hmm. like total three months. Yeah, and who knows how much much there
1: might be. There might also be more of it that wasn't really playable that they didn't put in this free release. It's possible. Yeah, I'm sure the game was took longer to finish in terms of you know concept. Yeah, Uh, but like you know that might just be the stuff that they didn't have to polish up at all, and were sort of like this is good enough. (laughs) Um,
0: <laughs> they definitely they got I mean, that good, one wrong. I mean, good enough for free. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm saying back then, like if they're trying to polish the game up for yeah. Some- this,
1: I mean, I don't know what the the impetus on this was. Like, I, you know, the Golden Axe, all the Golden Axe reboots have done poorly in general, yeah. and like, like this looks like something that would have been on like Xbox Live Arcade,
0: and yeah. I mean, it looks like a an indie game honestly. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so do you think the guy had the right to raise a stink over it? And do you think Sega was in the wrong for doing this? Cause I don't like Sega paid them to work. Sure. They probably worked long hours and maybe didn't get paid for, for some of them, but they did pay them to work on it. And it is Sega's property.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Sega has the right to do it, but I think he has the right to say this is what actually happened and, yeah. and be heard on it. And he was. Uh, it's, and it's not like they made money on it,
0: really. Well, the other weird thing, too, is Sega said that they talked to other developers who worked on it, and they were cool with it. But then this guy says, I don't know what they're talking about. It was me and one other dude, and they didn't talk to me, and they didn't talk to him. Mm. So I don't know who they talked to. So... There might be. And then Sega, like, changed the verbiage on the landing page on Steam to acquiesce to the complaints, and that's pretty much all it did. Um, Mm. And I'm okay with that. Like, I really don't think Sega... Sega definitely didn't do anything intentionally wrong. It wasn't trying to take a dig at the people who worked on it. It had this old thing lying around that fans might be interested in. It was its 60th anniversary, and they were like, let's give it to the fans. Um,
1: I mean, it's important to point out that, like, the work practices were not uh kosher, but like it is work for hire. They
0: own it. They can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. So. so I don't fault Sega for this at all, to be honest with you. Um even the the way they changed like the verbiage on Steam, I didn't even understand why they did that. I guess they tried to soften the language a little bit more because they were like snarky about it. They were they called it like janky some broken something else. And I guess that's what the guy took umbrage with? Was that they mm. called it janky? I don't know. The whole thing is just weird um and it i mean it looks janky to me but like yeah i mean <laughs> i think we, i think we could both agree that it is janky and i think sega has it right but i think he was offended because he's like oh yeah well i work crunch and then you call what i did janky i guess i can understand as yeah i mean as just because you
1: work hard on something doesn't mean it turns out it's well Good,
0: yeah it's true i mean i can tell you how many things i've worked on in my life for a long time that i just had to trash in the end because i was like this isn't working so That's just the way creativity works. You know, you come up with an idea, sometimes it comes to fruition and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, I, it's weird for this guy to come back eight years later. It's like, he's like the ex-boyfriend who's still pissed off at, at the girlfriend like eight years later. And you're like, mm. bro, you got to get over it, man. You got to move on. <laughs> so I found it interesting. It, I thought it was cool what Sega tried to do. Uh, it kind of blew up in their face. They ended up with egg on their face a little bit. Uh, I liked what they're trying. They're also doing something else with, I think, Yakuza before it's all said and done for the 60th anniversary.
1: Yeah, I think there's like a Streets of Rage clone with them, with the
0: Yakuza yeah, characters or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I think that's also like an old game that just got mm-hmm. put, swept under the rug and they're going to roll it out and let everyone check it out. So I like what Sega's trying. The Game Gear was a bust and pretty, pretty much a cash grab. I think that's the one thing that bothers yeah. me a little bit. Although,
1: like, the rest of Sega seems to be aware of that since we didn't get a U.S. release or an European release of it. Like, they know. Yeah. That, it was a, that was a very weird move.
0: They're like, we'll just con Japan. <laughs> It'll be <Yeah>. okay. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Stolty 69 thank you for Twitch Prime, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so anyway, uh, you can't get it, unfortunately. So watching the B-roll that we just ran on the show, that's probably as close as you're going to get to Golden Axed. I do love how they, how they retitled it uh, mm. appropriately for a canceled Golden Axed game. So there you go. That's Golden Axed. Uh, Next, we're going to talk about something I hinted at earlier when we were talking about HDMI 2.1. And the reason I've mentioned HDMI 2.1 is because if you want 4K at 120 frames per second, you have to have HDMI 2.1. Your TV has to have it. If If you're running your stuff through your receiver, your receiver has to have it, and the device has to have it. Well, obviously, the good news is both Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 have HDMI 2.1, most TVs still do not. Um, You have to look for TVs that have 2.1, and then some of them will have one port that's 2.1 and the rest will be 2.0, some like one port that's 2.1 and the rest 1.4. So when you're buying TVs, make sure that you check that stuff out. It's it's very, very important, but maybe not as important as I thought. Um, So this week, Ubisoft announced that Watch Dogs Legion, which is a game that both Matt and I have kind of earmarked to play on Xbox Series X instead of PlayStation Mm -hmm. 5, is going to run at 4K, which is great, but at 30 frames a second. Uh, So we were talking just a minute ago about 4K, 120 frames per second. This is a Generation 8 game game running on Generation 9 hardware, and the game still can't run at 4 no, forget 4K 120, it can't run at 4K 60. Mm. Matt! Uh, at this, so at first I was like, okay, 4K 120, when's it going to happen? Maybe it happens with like big budget games in like year two or year three. Indie games probably will get those in 4K 120 right out of the gate. Now I don't, I'm not so sure, Matt. But um, this is, um, a
1: th- th- this is do not ever expect 120 to be standard of any kind ever. The only time you, here's, here's my prediction: you will only see the 120 thing on competitive multiplayer. Um, that makes on, sense. You know, If you make like a like a like Call of Duty, my aim for that at some mm-hmm. point. Um, when it comes to stuff like Watchdogs, which is something like a like a single play, more single player, like some of boutique world experience, you're going to see them put all that effort into the environmental stuff and the detail and the bells and whistles. I mean, this this 4K 30 frame mode is with ray tracing on. It's with all, yeah. the, all the stuff turned on. It's like the prettiest you can possibly make the game, and that's going to drag your frame rate down to 30. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a performance mode that gives you like a 60 frame option. Um, with they some, didn't like, say probably, that. With probably there are multiple resolution modes in the game. I think you'll, you'll probably have one with uh, that runs at sixty. That like turns some stuff off. Maybe the ray tracing is not on. Like stuff like that. Um, I think the uh, I, I, as you've said in the past. I think having those options is going to be more and more common in this generation yeah. because you can do that and and sort of cater to what people prefer to have. But I think four K one twenty is definitely a kind of blue sky. Optimistic, like this is a best of all possible world situation, and I don't think you're going to see it outside of things like, like something of the equivalent of like Counter Strike, you, know? you know, like that's where the frame rate matters is where is where people want frame rate over over graphics for the most part, uh, and stuff like like Ubisoft's open world stuff or like kind of more single player focused stuff. I think you're st- you're going to see similar frame rates to what we had in previous gen.
0: Matt, my concern though is that again, this is a last gen game, you know, built. The polygons, everything built for last generation, they cannot get that running in higher than thirty frames per second. So what happens with the games that are built for next gen, that do use a lot more geometry, that do uh, use? That, a they're lot they're more going to run better. You think because because so they're, they're going to be because they're going to
1: they're gonna, yeah they're going to be built for the hardware, and this was not. And so, and I was I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some like because uh, there is a next gen update coming for this thing like later in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if you get a better perform better performance out of that because I I think and I don't think we have any confirmation one way or the other on this. I think developers got their hands on the final hardware on these systems like later than usual. Um, so there was a point at which they just like we just got to make this stuff and this stu- A lot of this
0: well, they're I think, probably just is, building on PC specs. Yeah, at first. and I think a lot of this is going to co- be coming
1: in hot. Um, you know, in terms of like getting it ready for the new systems, um, and also like um, uh, was that? like you can bog down a cutting edge pc graphics card by just turning all the settings up on certain things, and that's just what's going to happen and 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 it doesn't mean that the game's not built for it and mean the hardware is weak, it just means that stuff's not quite optimized for it. And people don't know how to work with it yet. That was like back when I first built the, um, you know, the new, uh, the new computer for Witcher 2, that was cutting it. I was like, there wasn't, you could not build a stronger computer at the time, Witcher 2 came out and I built a computer for that. And you turn super sampling on, on that thing. It tanked to like 10 FPS. Yeah. Like it's, it's just how it was then. Nothing was prepared to kind of run on in that way. I'm just so a, I don't, I'm comp- I don't think the comparison, like, oh, they built it on, on this Hardware to and they're, now they're turning the settings up and it's affecting the frame rate on the new hardware. Like I don't think that that is a, a one-to-one comparison.
0: But Matt, on Xbox in particular, that's how it works. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. It's all about being able to play, scale up that game. Mm-hmm. That's its whole USP. That's its unique selling proposition.
1: Yeah, but they're still not built for the for the hardware uh, configuration. I mean,
0: Ubisoft is going to build a brand new engine. I don't.
1: Well, the engine isn't isn't the problem there. Um, it's it's you can you can tweak that stuff and use different tools to do that. Like there's there's you know you, you can run Morrowind and you can run Skyrim on the same engine. Like the, the engine doesn't dictate that kind of stuff really. Um, what I think matters more is how you build the game in pre-production and how that you know what you're building it for. I think the, the bigger problem is going, I, I, I would expect to see a shift where you stand, this may not be a problem necessarily, um, but it might affect things in terms of like how fast early adoption happens, um, or be affecting people in terms of how fast people are adopting early the, the new systems. You will probably see a shift where like the new stuff, the upcoming stuff in the next year starts to run better on the new systems and runs like trash on the old systems like they start to deprioritize making the old even though the ones on the old systems are going to have still much larger audiences for quite some time i think so they might still
0: run they'll just run like crap is what you're yeah. saying
1: yeah i mean i think you're going to be looking at you know kind of a 1080p or, or checkerboard with 30 if you're mm-hmm. lucky sort of situation um, especially as you sort of are moving putting more and more bells and whistles, and you're eventually going to hit a point where like you've got some under the hood stuff on new games that just you can't make work on the old consoles, not because it looks too good, but because it's just doing something that requires the fast access of an SSD and you just don't have that. Or the GPU stuff. just doesn't have... Yeah. That's the thing that I think is, like, I think even though you're dealing with the Xbox is less of a specialized hardware setup, I think the problem is that, like, that SSD makes a big difference. And yep. they may or may not have had time to go through their code and go through their game and figure out how to, how to place all that and optimize it properly so that, like, you really get that fast access, especially in an open world game, which is just constantly streaming information. So I would say, let's see what this thing looks like in like a month or two months Mm -hmm. uh, on the next gen systems. But right now that's not really raising any red flags for me
0: it definitely sends up a flag um i'm waving it gingerly but it, it does send up some alarms for me um, i mean
1: also like let's you can even go back to the same the same series let's look at what watch dogs one looked like when that came out yeah. and that that certainly was a disappointment in terms of mm-hmm. what we were expecting from what was shown originally but it also didn't dictate what the generation had to offer in terms of performance or graphics so and there were I mean there was a lot of concern over that at the time. It's like, oh, is this what next gen's gonna look like? Watchdogs one, like that's what we're gonna get. And no, we got way better stuff. We got stuff that really lived up to what we were expecting. That just wasn't it.
0: Well, we got it on PS4.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know whether the last time is that you've booted up the OG Xbox One, but let me tell you, playing games on the original Xbox One now is like a joke. Oh yeah. Well the older the original Xbox One is and these are games that are made for Xbox One. Yeah, so what's the original Xbox with Series. I mean,
1: that, what the? So that's, I don't think. I mean, Series S is a whole other can of worms on that. Um, series. I mean, the Xbox One. The original Xbox One was built by people that didn't know what they were building for. Yeah. Um. You know, they're trying to build a they just multimedia basically
0: build a GPC. That's all. It yeah, is.
1: they're trying to build a multimedia box, and they had more of an eye to you know. They, I think the people that, that put the hardware together for the original Xbox One were more interested in the in the cable pass through feature than the fact that it could play video games.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, they said what the the word TV like eighteen times yep. or something during the E3 press conference. Yeah. Yep. So they definitely had a different angle. Like, there. sure, Fable doesn't run very well, but look, you can watch TV. sports. <laughs> ESPN is here. <laughs> I mean, they really did that. That's. Yeah. Like, their press conference was. They're like, yeah. I mean, ESPN was there, if I remember correctly. They were. They yeah, presented a
1: whole segment of it, and yeah. pretty much the
0: whole gaming world just went, <sighs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: Well, I guess what I'm getting at is the 4K 120, it's not happening, Matt. No, I mean, it'll
1: be years before you got to worry about HDMI 2.1.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean that's really what I was trying to get at. Is that I've been talking about H- HDMI 2.1 for the last couple of weeks on the show, but you really don't need it. HDMI uh-huh. 2.0 is good for 4K 60, so and mm-hmm. so that's fine. And most TV, like it's good. The new consoles clear. have it. Like yeah, I you know, it's
1: future proof. It's, it's, future-proof. Future-proof. it's, it's a nice future proofing. It doesn't add anything to the cost of the system. Really, like it's it's, it's all fine. It's all there. But yeah, it's. Like No one needs to run out and buy a new TV. I mean, you're buying a new TV for a lot of reasons other than HDMI yeah. 2.1. But if yeah. I'm sitting here with my 4K OLED and I'm just like, oh, I don't have HDMI 2.1, what am I going do? to do? It's like, you don't need to do anything. Like, uh, I, I yeah.
0: promise. Yep. And all TVs now have 2.0. So yeah. you don't even have to worry about like researching that. Any new TV has at least 2.0. And probably from now going forward, any new models will have 2.1. And let's not, I mean, I I also, I mean, I have never been a huge frame rate
1: Stickler as long as the frame rate's steady, yeah. Um, as long as it doesn't th- jump around and maybe... just like major releases running with bells and whistles on at sixty, like which I expect like a lot of first party stuff to do. Like that's a huge step already. Like I don't need to sit here and start worrying about what one twenty is going to be. Like it's you know that's that's overkill in a way that I just don't have any interest in. Um, outside of like, yeah, I understand why people play like 144 for like Overwatch or something that needs I like... On my PC, my, I have 100,
0: 144. Yeah. Marks
1: per but do mark. I need to play Watch Dogs Legion at that frame rate? Not really. I
0: like, mean, I'll say this. You do kind of get nice. used to it after a while, like playing at that frame rate. Yeah. But here's the other thing though about my TV in particular, is it a lot of people are buying the smaller ones to use as a computer monitor. Right. I watched last night a comparison between an IPS monitor and that TV and the TV destroyed the IPS monitor. Mm-hmm. They're getting way better. And be- but and that if you want to use it on your PC, absolutely you need yeah. 2.1. Although that situation that's where you have to worry about burning. They, yeah, and in fact, the review does mention that too. Um, but yeah, you have to be careful because, okay. I mean, I have an IPS monitor and the bottom tray of Windows is burned into my IPS monitor. Mm-hmm. And I thought IPS could not get burned in. Oh, it can. The monitor I'm looking at right now has the Windows tray permanently burned into it. So it, it can happen to even IPS if you really abuse it. And I do abuse this monitor, let me tell you.
1: That's one um, of the reasons I, uh, I make the, the Windows tray hide.
0: Yeah, I, I drive me uh, the way I work. I drive me nuts having to wait for it to pop up every time. So <laughs> whatever, I sacrificed a monitor. It's all good. It's all worth it in the end. Yeah. Uh, but the point we're making is that I feel like I've been banging the drum on HDMI 2.1, especially last week. And I just want to let you guys know you don't have to get it. Like I don't even know if you're going to need it at all for this gen. I'm happy. You might to not. Get, uh, you may not. I'm happy to get a TV that does support it because I'm going to have this TV for like a decade, and I guarantee Gen 10. Yeah, it's going to hit it easily. So um, I don't buy TVs and, like, keep them for a year. Like, buy Plasma I've had for, like, 9 or 10 years, and I still love it. So um, I'm trying to future-proof myself, and that's what you're doing with HDMI 2.1 right now. In a couple years, that'll probably change, but by then, every TV will have it anyway. So just wanted to get that out there to you guys. Um, this was an eye-opener for me because I really thought, like, Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, if any game is going to run in 4K 120 or even 4K60, those are the games, their last-gen games that are being up-res. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe when the quote-unquote next-gen updates come, maybe they're better. Um, But for me right now, a last-gen game, I mean, let's be honest, Matt, barely able to run in 4K. 4K30, that's the bottom. That's the minimum that you can get. So, seeing last-gen games hit that bare minimum, It makes me nervous, but at the same time, like you, I've been around the block, and I have seen console launches where the games look terrible. Look at PlayStation 3. Look at how the games looked at that at launch and how they looked Mm. at the end of its life cycle. So I've seen enough to know that I'm not, like, dooming these next-gen consoles to 4K30, but to me, it is a little concerning. But we'll see. Um, I can't wait to get this stuff to really give it a, a workout and see what the truth actually is. So we'll see. Um... And as people in chat have been bringing up um, ray tracing is really the X factor. They're right. I mean, when, mm-hmm. if you turn ray tracing on or off, you're basically chopping like roughly 30 frames off mm-hmm. of what you can display. I mean, I know that's not perfect, but that's my fuzzy math. Um, so is ray tracing worth 30 frames, Matt? It is. Uh, it can be. I think for most games it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For shooters, maybe not, but for just your typical third person action adventure action RPG, I think it absolutely is a worthy trade-off. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk now about Xbox Series X. Last week, we did them both together, but both Series X and PlayStation 5 had enough news on their own this week that they're getting their own topic. So we're going to talk about Series X, not as much as PlayStation 5, mind you, but some pretty big stuff uh, launched this week, the biggest of which is the launch lineup for Xbox Series X. They finally finalized it. Um... This week, we kind of knew where the launch lineup was tracking, but then they finalized it this week. There are going to be 30 games available or playable on Xbox Series X on day one. Um, Instead of going through all 30 games, which would be absurd, um, I went through the 30 and I plucked out the 10 games that people will care the most about. Because I'll just be perfectly honest with you, 20 of the 30 games are just indies. And look, some of them may end up being great. Some of them may end up becoming Game of the Year. Who knows? But you guys don't care about those right now. I plucked out 10 that you care about, and I had problems getting to 10. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, Obviously, the first one is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, We just talked about that. That is going to have smart delivery. And then Matt, you said that, is that also getting the next gen update like a month later? Or is it just Watch Dogs? Um, I don't know.
1: Uh, I think Watch Dogs Legion said something about some kind of November update. And um, I might be imagining that, but I swear to God there was something about how there was going to be, because there was something about how like the PS5 version of Watch Dogs Legion was going to be available at launch for PS5, mm-hmm. but then you still got if you just so if you just wanted to buy the PS5 version on the PS5, you could. Mm-hmm. Or if you already had the PS4 version, you will get the free update to the pre-PS5 version as long as you either load it in on your on your account digitally, or if you have the disc version, you have to put the disk into the PS5 and it will give you the update for free to the PS5 version. So there's clearly a difference between, you know. Running the PS4 version on the new hardware and a PS5 dedicated version that maybe has some optimization changes or something. So I'm sure I assume that's what they're talking about in this thing about 4K 30. But I'm betting there's going to be other like resolution modes or or performance modes if you you, if you can live without ray tracing or something.
0: Now, Um, yeah. Now keep in mind um, when we say smart delivery, that means that you can buy the Xbox One version and then when you get your Xbox Series X you have the game on your new console as well. Mm -hmm. And that's important to keep in mind because every one of these games we're going to talk about is different. (laughs) Some have smart delivery, some don't.
1: And smart delivery in Watch Dogs Legion means that there's no, like there isn't a thing like with the PS5 where you have to put the, you know, it'd be be the same thing basically, but uh, PS5
0: pretty much doesn't have a name for it. Uh, which is surprising. Yeah, well, only
1: well, only Xbox has a buzzword for <laughs> yeah, your game works smart. on the new system.
0: You should do that. Smart um, delivery. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, again, that I picked these 10 games out of the 30 to be the 10 that I thought would have the most interest with you folks. Next, Borderlands 3 also has smart delivery. So if you already have Borderlands 3 on Xbox... You also have it for Xbox Series X. You just didn't know it yet. Mm. (laughs) So if you've already bought Borderlands 3, when you get your Xbox Series X, you can download it again. You'll be able to play it in 4K and whatever else they managed to pull off from that game. But that's an old game, Matt. That game's been out for a while. Um, I can look at the traffic for that game on Sifted. It... There was a lot of interest in that game before it launched, and then after it launched, it just flatlined. So Mm -hmm. my impressions, based upon the traffic on Sifted, has been that a lot of people were excited for it and then got it and didn't like it that much. So or they liked it just enough to finish it and don't care about playing anymore. That would be me. <laughs> I liked playing through it, and I enjoyed it. I have no interest in going back and playing the DLC. Yeah, um, I did
1: not I did not actually
0: finish it and uh, eventually just uninstalled it because the updates were gigantic. They are. It's another game that's creeping up like 150, 200 mm-hmm. gigs, and it's going to keep getting bigger because there's another big expansion coming here very soon. Uh, Sony Borderlands 3. Next up... Devil May Cry 5. We can't show you guys that because we'll get a copyright strike from freaking Crapcom. Uh, so we can't show it to you. Uh, but Devil May Cry Special Edition. At least this game hasn't been out for that long. Although I think it's been out longer than Borderlands, if I remember correctly. Maybe about the same. Yeah, I, don't remember. I guess they're roughly the same. Um, but that's a game that sold, I think it sold like 5 million roughly. Uh, So there's a lot of people who maybe haven't played it, haven't bought it, and maybe they'll reconsider, particularly with a game like this, where frame rates and stuff like that do matter a lot because the combat is so fast and uh, you have to be so good with your fingers. Um, So maybe I could see some value in that. They're also adding a couple extra things um, for this as well, but nothing that's, like, gigantic. Uh, And then next is Dirt 5, which has turned into, like, the poster child for Generation 9. Why is it? That Code Masters has been given the green light to just publish as much PS5 and Xbox Series X footage as it wants. <laughs> like, I feel I like I mean, the b-
1: racing games seem to be kind of a preferred way to show off new hardware. To some I degree, yes. Guess-
0: uh, it doesn't look that good as the no, other problem. it's not. Like you
1: don't look at it and you're like, oh, wow, I got to get a new system for that.
0: No. And it literally, like, it was the first... I think they accidentally published a trailer before they were supposed to that had Xbox Series X footage in it. We curated it as soon as it went up. And then, like, 10 minutes later, I got, like, a DM on the site, and they're like, hey, this is a broken link. I went and looked back. They had yanked it. Mm. So, so that was,
1: like, I was the first or one of the first, like, actual footage of something actually running on the hardware, as I remember.
0: Yeah. Well, it it literally was up for, like, two hours, and it was gone. Um, And so, like, maybe as a make good, they're just like, well, we made you take that down, so we're just going to let you keep putting stuff up. I don't Mm. know. I don't think it was smart to let Dirt 5... Be the game that most people are looking at for gameplay footage. Uh, it's trying to figure out like what the capabilities are of this console. But for whatever reason, I mean, why are we getting trailers, tons of trailers for like Valhalla PS5, Watchdogs Legion PS? Where is that stuff? Like, why are we getting it from CodeMat? I don't know what's going on. But anyway, again, one of the one of the big ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, next. Gears Tactics, which I loved. I played it on PC already. Still haven't finished it. I'm on the end boss and probably never will beat the end boss. Um, But I've already played through it. I'm good. I loved it. I really liked it. I think you're going to like it if you haven't played it yet. And to be fair, it has not released for Xbox at all yet. So this is kind of one game that you're getting at least like a console exclusive on. And it is good. Mm. And it does look good too. Um, I don't know how good it's going to look in 4K, but it looked damn good at 1080p. So... I don't know if that's really going to move the needle for most people but maybe. Uh next grounded that's obsidian's right. backyard honey i shrunk the kids game that we've talked Does that about. That go to like 1.0 or did that happening? They it, it didn't say. I mean, it's just it's playable on Xbox Series X. Of course it is. Everything is. Yes. Yeah. But they have to like market this stuff because Ooh, they don't have a have frame launched. rate. <laughs> Look at that footage. Yeah, I mean, they don't They don't have anything else. they got to talk about this stuff. That's just the way it is. Um, Next up, a game that has stunned with its next-gen footage, NBA 2K21. Uh, That will be available day and date with Xbox Mm. Series X. And I will say this, even if you don't care about basketball, if you want something that you can plunk into your Xbox – to impress your friends, your family, your wife, who, your parent. That's who, the game.
1: The people who can't come over and see anything because we're still in the yeah.
0: pandemic. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, some people maybe still live with.
1: Yeah, you, know. You know, yeah people that live with other people. I, yeah. I know that. And
0: you, maybe you're getting grief or like you're crazy for spending $600 on a console and you're trying to prove them wrong. This is the game to get to do it. Um, yep. It is a vast upgrade over the Gen 8 version of the game. It is like night and day. So that to me is one of the stronger releases uh, for Series X at launch. Even if you don't like basketball, it's a great technical showcase, Marvel. Uh, next up, Observer System Redux. And I know you guys are like, what, what? Why is he talking about Observer? Because this is literally the top 10 like, most important game for Series X at launch. I'm not exaggerating. You can go look through the list if you want and try to find a game more important than this one. <gasps> I'm not mm. kidding. Um, I was very prudent with this stuff. I tried to give stuff the benefit of the doubt and Observer System Redux is one of the 10 most important games at launch of Series X. Um, I played this game, I remember on our Patreon drive stream for a couple hours, and people had, like, never heard of it, and they're like, what is this? It's, like, awesome. It is a, it's from Bloober Team. If you're not familiar with that studio, they are known for making dark, gritty, smart games. And this game falls into all of those categories. It's a cyberpunk-influenced first-person horror adventure-ish I don't even know how to describe it. There's not a lot of action in the game. It's mostly puzzle solving or figuring things out. But the the tone and the mood in this game, really, really strong. Like you play it and you feel different um, after you're done playing it. And one of Rutger Hauer's last roles. Yeah, absolutely. Before he passed away. Um, I really liked it. People who watched it on the stream for our Patreon drive really liked it. And were like, oh, I didn't know this existed. I'm going to check it out. Still, it is an indie game that has been out for, like, two or three years at this point, mm-hmm. and it is getting remastered and redone, and they're adding a bunch of stuff to it as well. They're adding, like, a new scenario and yeah, some other they've stuff. Added,
1: they've tweaked the gameplay. They've tweaked a yep. lot of it. I mean, it, it is a almost it al- almost is a remake. It is. Yeah. Um, but, Which kind of to justify why
0: you don't just get the upgrade for free I guess <laughs> right, exactly I mean that's looking at, look at you control yeah exactly yeah that's turned in you know that that doesn't fit on a disk now as well right yeah
1: <laughs> well you saw that you see the thing where like the whole thing was like well we can't there is no we can't actually do the upgrade to for people who have like the the, the full edition with the season pass, like there's yeah. actually no way to just upgrade you to the to the next gen version. So that's why we have to sell the separate thing. And then when it went live, they accidentally upgraded everyone on <laughs> PS PlayStation who had it up to the next gen. Ver- uh. Like they actually accidentally did what they said they couldn't do and then they undid it. And it's just like, bro. Like yeah. and I I don't blame the developers for that. That's a five oh five games decision. But yeah. like
0: gross <laughs> not a good one not a good not a great look <laughs> uh, J. Reed Vick says Codemasters games don't show well in trailers he's right um, he mentioned that Dirt Rally 2.0 is stunning and I'll be honest with you most Dirt games if you play them on a PC are mind-blowing uh, yeah. they look really good um, I don't know why that's not coming through in the footage I mean maybe this game just doesn't look as good as their other work I don't know but you're right Jay Reed Vick typically their games are stunners so I'm as shocked buy this as you are um so anyway that's the observer again in the top 10 at least in my opinion next up watchdogs legion we just talked about that um it does have smart delivery meaning if you buy it for xbox one mm-hmm. um you get the free upgrade on your series x uh so we're not going to talk about watchdogs a, a whole lot more um next up is and last of, of the 10 is yakuza like a dragon Um, Now, that is one game that is a new game. It's been out in Japan for a while, but it's new to the U.S., so that's probably another one I would kind of pop up near the top of the list if you're trying to figure out what games you want to buy for launch. I would put that up there, too. Mm -hmm. But, Matt, we're at the end of the list here.
1: I mean Yakuza's also got the whole issue of like the you know the next gen version isn't coming to PS5 until next year yep. and it's like the the saves are compatible and like yeah. you know the save save compatibility is one of the things really I think driving me to lean Xbox on multi-platform stuff certainly with Watch Dogs Legion, because like I want to play that On October 29th, not just because we want to talk about it on the show, but because I'm excited about Watch Dogs Legion. I (laughs) want to play it. Um, uh, But again, it's a giant Ubisoft open world game that I'm going to do a whole bunch of, let's be honest, tedious bullshit in it. And like, I'm also going to build my team and have unique, probably characters I might not be able to find again if I played it again. And I want to start over. Yeah. You know, and PlayStation isn't compatible with saves, or or we're not guaranteed to be compatible with saves. Or it's a case
0: by case basis.
1: They haven't said anything about this. So I'm I take the gonna, risk. Yeah. Take, so I'm going to say Xbox because Xbox is fully compatible. So and I really feel like the the performance differential on this is going to be negligible. I agree. Um, I'm going to so, play
0: Legion on Xbox. I'm probably going to play Valhalla on PS5.
1: I'm probably going to stick to Assassin's Creed on Xbox because I have all the Assassin's Creeds on Xbox, uh, and I have I, most I, of them on there. I like having them all lined up on the you know the thing, <laughs> OCD. You know. Although. <laughs> Like I will say this, and I wonder if there will be some kind of a, um, a, a fix for this. One th- and yes, yeah, so maybe a little a little OCD. But one of the things I hate is when games spell or you know stylize their titles in the in the in the listings on on the system differently from sequel to sequel. Uh-huh. So that like the sequels end up being before the first game. <laughs> yeah. And Assassin's Creed has I that all over that the place. And down. the other one that does that is Dark because. Dark Siders, um, it goes Dark Siders two. Was I think it's Dark two, Dark Siders three, and then Dark Siders dif- Death Dark Siders War, Ma- War Mastered Edition, <laughs> because they put different like trademark symbols after the Dark uh, word that moves it alphabetically to after the sequels, and I'm like, guys. <laughs> Can we just you're, standardize this? <laughs> you're killing me, smalls. Like, you, like you, you gotta get your shit together on that. Like, just yeah. all Roman numerals are all Arabic numerals. Sometimes
0: they use Roman numerals, sometimes they don't. Yeah, like that, that's, Assassin's Creed, that's
1: Assassin's Creed's problem is that they use yep. Arabic numerals for some, and like Assassin's Creed 3 is Assassin's Creed III. And it's just like, dude, no, and
0: they'll change it. So, for instance, when Ubisoft does this all the time, by the way, so they announce Watch Dogs Legion. Um, in one trailer, it had a colon. In another mm-hmm. trailer, it didn't have a colon. And Ubisoft is so bad about this, I email their PR to ask them about it every time. Yeah. I was like, I,
1: okay. I happen, I happen to know that Ubisoft has pretty much. Dis- Ubisoft marketing has pretty much now decided that colons were were colons are last decade.
0: Well, so here's the thing. No one uses so colons anymore. I That's- thought it's okay. So I email them. I'm like, does it have a colon or no colon? They say no colon. That's the way it's styled. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is in our press release. Okay. So we create the game on Sifted. And by now we've literally tagged like probably a hundred pieces of content or more to that page. But now, if you look at all Ubisoft's official stuff, it's Watchdogs: colon Legion. <laughs> and we've already named, like, and it's important for SEO and all this other stuff. It matters. Um, I mean, you see a lot of websites that just refuse mm-hmm. to use the Roman numerals because they know that most people, when they search, they don't use the Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. So even if a game will stylize it with, like, two eyes, they'll just use the number two in their articles and on their game page. I get that as for SEO, I prefer to be correct. Um, And so we got burned by Ubisoft a couple times in that case. So anyway, that's the the cream of the crop for the Xbox Series X launch lineup. And there isn't a whole lot of cream there, Matt. I mean, I'm really wondering, like somebody who comes to me and someone's gonna, it's gonna happen here in the next few weeks and probably several times over, someone's gonna ask me, what do I buy with my Xbox Series X? And there's no easy answer. Like it it turns into a conversation at that point. It's which games do you own already? Really is what it turns into. Do you own all these games already? If not, let me try to find one that you do not own already. I mean, that's where we're at. So there's very little incentive to buy this for, to play something on day one. It's all about like, I have all these old games and I want to see how much prettier they look today because there's really no relief in the immediate future either, Um, other than I'm going to play third-party games and they're going to look damn good. But I just, I struggle. I mean, a lot of people are doing the false equivalency thing. That seems to be a thing over the last four years, the false equivalency, where they're like, I don't like this thing, so this other thing that I do like, I'm going to make sure that I say this thing is just as bad so it doesn't look as bad. That's been happening with PS5 and Xbox Series X in this way. Um, they're trying to say they're both kind of. They both suck at launch. They both. At, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> You're playing Miles Morales in a Demon Souls remake on PlayStation Five on day one. What are you playing on your Xbox Series X that you can't play somewhere else? There's nothing. So, launch lineups, no comparison. PlayStation Five, all the way. Hardware, obviously, that's something that's still yet to be determined. Um and I'm sure Digital Foundry will figure that one out pretty quick too. So, um I'm really disappointed in the launch lineup of Xbox Series X. At the same time, I feel like a lot of people over the last week have been getting educated on console launch lineups. So, I think it was GameSpot that just went and did like every launch lineup for every PlayStation console ever to show people, "Hey, you're slagging this launch line. It's actually probably the best launch lineup yeah. for a PlayStation console ever. It's Demon not even Souls, close.
1: Demon Souls and Miles Morales alone beats all the other PlayStation launch lineups combined. Easily.
0: It's not even close. No. Like, it's not the same. Like, people say You guys they sit board. here
1: and tell me that, like, Summoner- and and like those other like weird like those weird like preliminary JRPGs. And see, that I'm I can't seeing even remember. it in the chat
0: now. The only one hundred percent next gen exclusive are destruction all-stars and enlisted. It doesn't matter. I'm i I'm seeing the same crap I've been seeing on the internet for the last month. It's bullshit. Just look also, at like, the lineups. Which Demon one would Souls, you rather have?
1: Demon Souls is an exclusive, people. Like, it doesn't matter if there's a PS3 version of it. That's not... That doesn't work.
0: Also, no. by the way, go play that PS3 version and tell me yeah. it's the same freaking game. It's Anyone not. who it's says a that has remake. never played Demon Souls on And PS3. if you're not excited about Demon's Souls, I get it, but it's I am because I like those games. It's a trash argument. The PlayStation 5 launch lineup destroys the Xbox Series X launch lineup. Who knows two years from now what's going to be better, but that's just the facts right now. Yeah, that's and
1: then like, compare like some, like what was the, I am thinking about some terrible like CG JRPG thing with green and a guy like looking at a glowing green light on that PS2 launch. I think it's, it was like, there was something ring. There was a, Ooh, something in that. You, you know, it was just what, you know, no one it's remember. right there
0: on the edge. I, I can, just yeah, about you know what I'm talking it. about. You can see, you can see the cover, right? Yes, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat, like, the Dreamcast US launch lineup like that, because they
0: had a year in Japan to make shit. Like, I actually just watched ready. a feature on YouTube about the Dreamcast launch, mm-hmm. uh, because I was talking about on Ask Chain Any, with Anything, people asked me uh, what were my favorite launch lineups. And I was trying to find footage of all these old console launches, and so I came across this feature about the Dreamcast launch. Right. And yeah, like there's a lot of games available. Oh, yeah, it was was, amazing. All of them were like exclusive. A lot of them sucked.
1: But but the real Dreamcast launch, for those of us who got in on the Japanese ground floor a year earlier, was a Mahjong game in Godzilla Generations. So, no. Yeah. Like, and, <laughs>
0: like anyway, what I'm getting at is even if
1: the PS5 Xbox, was coming out in America next November, the launch lineup would be pretty fucking great too. Like it would, it, yeah. it, it, that's the that's the apples and oranges situation. What I'm getting at
0: though is that not even the Xbox Series X launch lineup isn't terrible either when you compare it no. to prior consoles. Like it's just not it's, like. But it's just like know, the thing
1: about like forgotten. you already have a
0: console that can play that. Yeah, yeah. You know? But still, people have forgotten what prior console launches were like. Like if you there was. Like, Nintendo is really the only one of the three mm. that generally releases a console with a big AAA game. Everyone else yeah. is just like, whatever we got, let's just get it out there. So yeah. Even so, I mean, Sony kind of tried with
1: Killzone for the PS4, but I don't think anybody... I mean, you can describe that as AAA in terms of budget, but I don't think anyone would describe it as AAA in terms Xbox of...
0: Xbox fans working overtime it. in the chat right now, Kyle. So. <laughs> it's just Demon Souls, and that's a remake! Yeah, it's a remake of a great game. Like, what else... (laughs) Uh, keep trying, folks. Keep trying. You're not going to change the narrative because just it's be, the just truth. be glad if you're an Xbox fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just be happy. Who just be,
1: also just be glad that Halo got delayed because otherwise that thing be coming out and getting roasted.
0: Exactly. They made like, the right decision there. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter, guys. If you're an Xbox fan, that's fine. It's okay to admit that the launch lineup isn't as good as PS5. It's not a big deal. Yeah. No yeah. one, it's one still
1: care. a step up. You're no still going to be playing in three months. You're like, still going to be playing stuff that looks way better than it would on the on the Xbox One X and all. I mean, you're, it's still not. Upgrade. It still yeah. matters.
0: And Synaptic says, if nothing interests you at launch, why not wait and buy the console later? Absolutely. Yeah. There's sure. no reason to buy these if there's not a game to play. Who wants to fiddle around with the UI for $500? Mm-hmm. Nobody.
1: If I wasn't, if I wasn't, you know, getting stuff to talk about on the show and just sort of like to be a giant, you know, nerd about it, essentially, because I had wanted to have the new thing. Um, like a, a responsible consumer, me would probably be waiting until Fable came
0: out. I wouldn't I'll things. say this. If I didn't have this job, I would not buy an Xbox Series X at launch. Definitely not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. I, I fear that once it's starting to lose, that we could get a price drop pretty quickly, like a year's time from now. Um, be, I'd I be a little surprised a by that,
1: but I bet you would get better bundles.
0: Yeah. And I know? definitely wouldn't go through the hassle of trying to get one at launch, more importantly. Like maybe it would be a case where I would get the Series X when Halo Infinite comes out like six months later. And mm-hmm. then it's not a mad rush to try to get a console. You can pick up the console the week before Halo comes out. Yeah, that's Well, was- maybe.
1: Like, I think if I was waiting for Halo, I think I would wait for an actual release date for Halo. Like a concrete <laughs> yeah. Halo Halo yeah, release date. It's not date. looking good. And then, well, no, but that's, that's not my point. Like, like I would wait for what I felt was a concrete release date for Halo to be announced. And then I would buy the system. Because I think, even even though I'm like, sure this is not going to be the hottest, hot item like PS5 is going to be, Maybe, maybe, but like, I feel like you're going to have trouble getting hold of one the week before Halo comes out because I think a lot of other people are going to have that same idea.
0: Or there could just be piles and piles of them sitting at Best Buy yeah. at that point. Because but I, I would not,
1: best. I would not wait till the last minute if,
0: if Halo's your 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 moment. Well, think about this, Matt. After launch, you're paying the is, same What, what is going to happen to convince someone to go buy one? Word of mouth when people get them, and mm. you go to a friend's house and you see it. Wow, that looks amazing! I've never seen watch dogs look that good that sure after that's gone what
1: well I mean it it could be very useful as a space eater um
0: All jokes aside, like, I'm just really, I'm struggling to find out where that next, other than Halo, when that next point is going to be where people are going to feel compelled. I
1: don't know. The only thing I could think of is if, like, the user experience is just way smoother than the PS5 somehow. And, like, people are just like, if you want to do this or this multimedia stuff or old games or multi-platform stuff, like, it's just a smoother, easier experience. And it's easier to expand the the stuff. And it can get, like, a, you know, it's... You know, it has more hard drive space uh, available. Like it, you know, could, you know, in the SSD, you know, get it again, actually, like 200 gigs or so, compared to the PS5, um, just out of the box. Uh, that's the only thing I can really think of. Like, Microsoft doesn't live or die by exclusives these days, but a lot of stuff does live or die by exclusives, and
0: so you might end up. Just well, sort of, sales generally do live in, especially yeah, you, if
1: you're looking. You at... You just box. might be sitting around waiting for like you know their new newly purchased game studios to sort of start coughing up the goods. Yep. I'm not saying this and like that Bethesda, could be a ways but ways
0: away. Yep.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, Hellblade Two, which is supposed to be, I guess, early next year or something. Like, that's what you're going to see some stuff early next year. That's going to be something you want to play. But again, yeah. if you have a, if you have a decent gaming PC, that might be redundant to you. Like that's, that's the thing about the Xbox is like it's hard to sort of really stand there and plant your flag on the Xbox Hill because Microsoft no hill. isn't even doing that. <laughs> Microsoft hill, is just sort yeah. of like, hey, we just want you to use our Xbox accoutrement kind of thing. Like, yeah. use the Xbox app on Windows. Use use the Cloud on your phone. XCloud on, hey,
0: your, Xcloud phone. on like, your iPhone, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, they, they don't care, really. if you. I mean, they care, but they don't really. They're not like, hey, buy our hardware, damn it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they want you to subscribe to Game
0: Pass more than they want you to buy an Xbox Series X. Yep. All right. Let's get start getting through some other stuff because there's a bunch still, and we're not doing so well with time. Uh, Next, uh, Phil Spencer did a big interview with Kotaku this week, um, and he's been doing interviews like it seems like one a day for weeks. But for whatever reason. A lot of the questions other people were asking him that he wouldn't answer. He answered all of them from Kotaku. Um, yeah, I was a little shocked at how candid. I mean, so he was. really opened up for that interview after yeah. being very guarded in all the others. Um, and they didn't pull any punches with the questions. I, it was a great interview. And I wish I saw more interviews like that in the industry today. Uh, that is one thing that I do feel like has a hole has been left without game trailers, is our Mm -hmm. interviews. Mm -hmm. We used to do real interviews with everybody we interviewed. We never just sat there and just spit out the PR lines. And our interviews were good, great. We got exclusive stuff out of them because we were brave enough to not just acquiesce to the developer and ask the tough questions. There's none of that anymore. It has completely disappeared since GT went away. Anyway, Mm -hmm. Kotaku delivered on this one, though. It did exactly what we used to do on GT. You set them up with... The platitudes, you let them talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about to make their product look good, and then you ask them the real questions. And that's what they did. And they got everything out of Phil, basically, that was left. Um, and the biggest one that everybody was wondering about is what's going to happen with Bethesda's games on other platforms. They asked him specifically, would it be smarter financially to allow the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield, games like that, to be released on PlayStation 5? And he just blatantly said, no. He said, "We don't need PlayStation Five to make this deal work for us." Um, he did not commit to they're not coming to PlayStation Five, mm-hmm. but he said we don't need it. Um, we yeah. will get. And he our said money something. Next. He said something like, "Yeah, I mean, maybe." Like, like well, he, he said like, no case. He said the same thing, case, case by, by case, case basis. Yeah. That's what he's been saying all along, which leads me to believe that Starfield and Elder Scrolls are going to be a case of no way. Probably <laughs> so, not. And it that's kind of what we
1: kind of what we said
0: before. Yeah. I mean, it was a pipe dream as a PlayStation owner to hope you're still gonna get those games. You're just kinda holding on by your fingernails, but I think yeah. you just finally slipped off and So there's your there's your Xbox
1: must buy situation about three, four years down the line.
0: Yeah, depending. I mean, I think Starfield may be a couple years away, something like that. Like I'll I'll be thrilled if we're playing Starfield in twenty twenty two. I think best case scenario Q 4 2021. twenty twenty one. We'll see. Um, honestly, one of my contacts at Bethesda is no longer there, which sucks. <laughs> it was a good contact, but they moved on to a new job. Uh, so I lost that. But anyway, I still know what's going on there. Uh, next, a big deal was announced. So we all know GameStop is just struggling. It's still, even in the pandemic and people are and game sales have like skyrocketed, they still, their last financial report, they lost like mm-hmm. $200 million or something in one quarter. So they're doing terrible. And, well,
1: especially must suck because of like you remember before the pandemic, like their big move was to pivot into like being like esports arenas, yeah. Which is that lasted
0: literally like a week, yeah. like they set up one, people made fun of it, and it never happened again. It doesn't, but, and help. even
1: if they hadn't, like you can't do that now. So, yeah. it doesn't
0: help when the esports athletes are making fun of it while right. they're doing it, and that's what happened. They're like, Why are we here? Like, we're just standing in a GameStop for some reason, like, anyway. So, yeah, that didn't work. GameStop is on the ropes, and Xbox basically threw it a lifeline this week, and Matt and I are going to try to figure out why. Um, And basically, what's happening is, any Xbox Series X or Series S that is sold at GameStop, whenever the owner of those consoles buys anything, GameStop gets a cut. So, the story on sifted uh someone was like oh my god this is crazy like how can you do this and i just wrote yeah this is a huge conflict of interest and we'll talk about it on game face and then someone replied to me how is it a conflict of interest (laughs) matt would you like to share why it's a conflict of interest or do you want me to explain it um or do you not think it is i i think you should explain that because i'm not really maybe that's not how i term
1: that like okay. I, I, so it seems like a, it seems like a weird situation in the well, sense. Well, I guess that,
0: the thing is, is what is the interest is the problem? So I'll well, I
1: it. don't know what Microsoft's interest is here. That's that's my question. I'll like, explain what, it to you right why now. They, why do they want to just hand money to this failing business and maybe piss off their other retail partners?
0: Well, it's because of the conflict of interest. Because you're incentivizing GameStop to sell more Xboxes instead of PlayStation fives. Mm-hmm. If they make money off of everything you buy on that Xbox why would they ever want to sell you a PlayStation 5 like ever mm. Also, PlayStation 5 has, like, the digital version. It doesn't have a disk right. drive. So, but wait, so what's the conflict of interest? The conflict of interest is the retailer now is suddenly incentivized to push one product over another. So all the sales associates in GameStop are going to be like, they're never going to push PS5, or they're not going to be told to push PS5. They right, may I'm just, I don't see, that. I don't,
1: I'm not seeing, what's, which interest is being conflicted? That was because- what
0: I was getting at. What is the interest? Because... It's just, is it unethical? Is it a conflict of interest? I don't even know how, how you label it. Because you're allowing... I don't, think, I don't think conflict of interest is the right term. Was a conflict it's, of Sony's interest, I guess. But yeah, but Sony
1: doesn't have any rights to any kind of stake in GameStop unless they also have a similar deal and they're being edged out by the other deal that was just made. The... Like a, a store can push whatever they want to push, like as you know yeah. financial incentive or no financial incentive, like sony's Sony's play on this would be either to ignore it, which I think is probably safe to do. Like I don't think GameStop is really your lifeline if you're Sony selling PlayStation fives. I feel like your major retail chains are taking care of that more in the Amazon Walmart target department. Like, it just feels it just feels like a money loser for Microsoft for what game? Like what I mean, do you I mean, guess what they're
0: game? They're pushing their console in their stores all day. Sure, but day like over the PlayStation who's, 5. But it's who's going to stores? Movie. Like, who's
1: going to GameStop's and window shopping for t- like, it's well, life's like, not going to be like this forever, Matt. That forever, right? Like, for, like, signed for like the next seven years, right? But like, I don't, I if GameStop's even around that long, like, it's <laughs> that's, just, that's actually a good question. It just seems like if you're going to do that with any retail partner. Why them? Other than the fact that they could, because be they're lost. probably
0: the only one that would do it, Matt. Because right. they don't want like, p- Most retailers don't want to piss off Sony.
1: It's just such a weird thing where, like, you're willing to give away a cut of digital sales to them forever for that Xbox just because they sold it to to somebody.
0: Well, because you're. You're planting the seed of a money tree. So you right. sell that console to a kid, that kid's going to spend tons of money on that. They bought it from you. You planted the seed, the kid takes it home, and the money tree grows for Microsoft. That's why.
1: Yeah, but um, you're still losing a chunk to them. Me. I mean, it almost feels like a like a hedge bet that like we can... We can like have these guys push for this system in the in the launch window, and then they'll probably be out of business by this time next year. So we <laughs> yeah, won't yeah. have to actually pay them anything. I mean, in the let's end. be
0: honest. Microsoft's really smart, so yeah, you very well could be. They. Could I mean, that it, is
1: a level of ruthless that Microsoft will pull. It is if they known can. for.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could be right. Um, but the bottom line is, is treating of the two companies is going to give preferential treatment to the other. So maybe conflict of. No conflict of interest is right because it does have an interest in providing a retail outlet for PlayStation as well. So that's not what conflict,
1: conflict of interest means, legally.
0: I get though. it. I'm trying to figure out what this is. I don't it's know. It's wrong. It's I think it's I don't know how
1: it's wrong. It's a. It's a shady promotional deal. I guess is the yeah. best way I could put it. Like, like it's. I mean, I, it's it's shady it's, is it's, the best. It's, shady is the right. I think shady. I mean, obviously, shady is not a legal term either. But like. Um, it's sort of like, I guess it's kind of anti-consumer yes. in the sense that, like, it's Yeah, you're going to mislead
0: people in your stores to make money. I, yeah, mean, I mean, or maybe you are telling you're,
1: the truth. Maybe I mean, you probably are nice telling the truth, but it's like, you're not... If you're not aware going into that store that they have a Xbox and you probably will be because I bet there'll be signage fucking everywhere and there'll be like one little kiosk of PlayStation Five over in a corner. (laughs) Like one sad little blue light. I mean that's the other part of
0: it, Matt, right? Like I don't know if this is a fact, but it may be written in that contract that the shelf space that Xbox gets, the floor space that they get. I'm sure they will get
1: you know they will get, you know, place of honor up front when you first walk into PlayStation stuff will be in the back. Like you don't make that deal without like doing it. You're going to, you're going to definitely do a reset. <laughs> of, of where you place things. Yeah. You have to walk all the way back to see the PlayStation stuff. The Xbox stuff will be out behind the counter. Like we used to go um, to the
0: uh, video store and the porn section was all the way in the back. Right.
1: You gotta go in the porn you station to 5 section. Aside. You gotta move the curtain over. It's <laughs> gonna smell real weird. Like, it's just... <laughs> oh, my man. God, people just come back and sweating in the PlayStation 5 section. I don't know what's going on here.
0: Uh, well, all I know is I don't like it. I think it's anti-consumer. I think, I think it's ultimately gonna lead to them misleading consumers in a lot of cases trying to convince people to buy an xbox instead of a playstation i just think it's bad i don't know what the right term is to use shady definitely works uh underhanded maybe works i mean i'd say gross gross (laughs) i've been using that word a lot lately after not using it since the 80s, i used it in the 80s but so much gross stuff has happened over the last few years that somehow it's became a part of my vernacular again um, it's yeah. just ap- It's just appropriate. I think my, my
1: instinctual response to that deal is just
0: ick. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just from mm. both sides. I mean, I get why Microsoft did it. It's smart, but also they did it. <laughs> like yeah. they had to know that it was shady and slimy. And all also it makes are- me
1: glad that like my my stupid backup bundle I had to get is a PS Five and not the Xbox oh. because uh, I would definitely not want an Xbox from them to continue giving them money every time right. I bought a game. <laughs> like I that's not, I,
0: actually I mean for conscientious people that's something to consider yeah, like I don't I mean I don't, don't want the people yeah.
1: I don't want the people that work at GameStop to lose their jobs like that's a no, lot of no, people no, out of work yeah. but like I also don't feel any compulsion to support that company
0: yeah so well, I mean, hopefully they can find a job working in games at Best Buy or wherever. You know, there's other places where they can put their yeah, expertise. Yeah, I mean, that stuff's to, uh, that's
1: tight, though, right now. It's you know, it I, w- I would not want to have to be looking for a job, especially nope. in the retail sector right now. It's it's a me- And that's even leaving aside the fact that at least in America, um, work in retail is taking your life in your hands right now. Yeah. Like, you're exposed yeah. to God knows what, and you got to deal with crazy people who won't wear masks and screaming about rights and freedoms. And you're just like, I just, I just want to sell... I just want to say your cell phone like for eleven twenty-five an hour. Like I'm not here to like argue the Constitution with you, Karen. Like it's just. Hey,
0: look, it's I see. The, I see people arguing in chat that this happens at all retail. This does not happen with retail. I saw someone use like an example of. Cereal. I mean, there's there's the cereal like cereal companies pay to get their cereal in front. That's not all. This is. Like, I mean they do that, but also like. You're not taking the cereal home and then, and, and then or Kroger <laughs> is making money as you eat. And then this- every time
1: you buy milk for the rest of your life, like they, eat, like they Kellogg's, you have to cut of the are milk
0: and make up excuses. They're uh, just consoles. Oh my gosh, they're it's electronics. Not the, it's not the I'll whole. I'll never pa- understand the fanboy. It's I never not the,
1: will. It's not that we paid for promotion oh. in the store. It's <laughs> that that sale then benefits the store forever. Forever. Through sales that through sales that the store has nothing to do with making like that's bizarre that is a very weird setup I don't oh, now I I'm the king
0: of impotent outrage because I'm I'm upset about this why do you I guys can't, watch the show I can't <laughs> I think, think of, I'm of such a, an idiot I can't think of another example of
1: something comparable to this like there's
0: nothing comparable.
1: But like, you'd have to go into some weird used car Why
0: things. hasn't this happened before? If it's so common, why didn't Nintendo do it with the N64 and the GameCube? Because Ma- it doesn't maybe, happen. Well,
1: maybe because this functionality was, Ooh, wasn't was built into really any of really the previous... Let's move on. I'm maybe maybe this functionality off. wasn't built into any of the previous, <laughs> previous <laughs> OSs. I'm
0: starting
1: <laughs> like, to get like sweat play- on the brow, PlayStation, PlayStation 5 got game hints, and Xbox got GameStop <laughs> ATM, like, wiring features. <laughs> that, that, those, are the, those are the new <laughs> innovations. Oh, geez.
0: Anyway, let's move on because I'm about to blow my lid on the chat. Um, next up, overheating. Something that we've talked about a couple weeks here on Game Face. Uh, we kind of mentioned last week that it looked like it wasn't a thing. And now this week, it has been 1 million percent confirmed. Overheating is not an issue, it is fine. It gets warm out of the top like every other piece of electronics that has a yeah. fan in it. I
1: mean, as soon as you see that vent on the top, you're like, okay, that's where the heat's coming out. Yeah. Heat rises. That's yes. where it's going to go. Yes.
0: Like, it's fine. There's no overheating issues with the Xbox Series X. It's good.
1: I'm sure if you're in a tiny room in an apartment, it's going to get hot if you don't have ventilation. Like, it's going to warm the room up just like a plasma then, TV would. Yeah, my TV know?
0: warms up the room. It's yeah. just the way it is. Um. And then next, Master Chief Collection. This was a pleasant surprise. Coming to Xbox Series X on November 17th. Um yeah. And I did not include that in the launch lineup because it isn't making launch, but maybe I should have because it is so close. That might be the game that most people play in yeah, the launch. I, mean, line- I still have
1: it. I just I yeah. just had to reinstall it for some reason. Like there was an update. It made me re-download like 170 gigs on my, mm-hmm. ser- on my Xbox One X. But like, yeah, it's good that they've got that out there there and I'm yeah. sure it'll look better. And basically probably the PC version. Like yeah, running on looks the great. series X. Yeah. yeah, that
0: might be one of the like most
1: played games. Yeah, I mean I've that is a fucking X. bundle right now that yeah. works properly. That yeah. is a hell of a
0: piece look, they of software really you can get for like thirty nine ninety
1: nine. Like that's they, real good.
0: They did a really good job on it too.
1: Um, yeah, once once Bungie took over or three four three took over and like. Really whipped that thing into shape over the course of four years. Well, they've been taking
0: uh, it, their time, but that's why. I mean, because they, they are-
1: got, to, got to work and they had to, to fix a bunch of stuff. They had to wait for the Xbox One OS to literally be updated. Like yeah. it was a whole thing. And look, they you know they, maybe it shouldn't have been like that in the first place when it came out. It should not have been outsourced the way it was or whatever. But a lot of a lot of companies wouldn't have stuck with that as long as as these guys did to make sure that that worked and was a worthy sort of archive of this important series that you can now carry forward to all the Xboxes going
0: forward. I mean, that's the good news, it's preserved. Yeah. Yep, going forward. And then the final Xbox news from this week um, was watching gameplay footage of Xbox Series X games, including Dirt 5. There's a lot of screen tearing in the gameplay Mm -hmm. footage. Oh,
1: and as Vincent points out, the Master Chief Collection is 120 frames a second.
0: No, oh, yeah. So that that is. It. Look, if they couldn't. You want get to buy a new one, TV for that? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Probably not worth it, but there you. Go. At least you have something to play <laughs> at 120. Um, even though the characters are made out of like 100 polygons, but and it should run at 120. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. There's been lots of screen tearing and VSync. If you've watched some of the more technical YouTubers, kind of dive into the footage, it's been a big concern of theirs. Um, and it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason to it. Like, pretty mm-hmm. much the only game that journalists have right now is Dirt 5. I think they have, like, one other one, maybe. So they're all digging into Dirt 5, and they've been trying, and you do have different graphics settings in that game, and they've been fiddling with them, and they cannot get the tearing to go away. Um, now, obviously, mm-hmm. in PC gaming... You have VSync, and you can just yeah. toggle it on or off. There's a lot of features. Or you can, you can, mess or around you can with. force
1: it through the graphics card yep. options. If, if it's not working yep. in the game, you could, there's a way to make it work. But the closed I system w- of a console, right? Not so much. I mean, I will say that I think, um, and I've heard from some of my developer friends uh, that day one patches are going to be very important on these new systems. Like, there's a lot of stuff coming in hot on these things. So it wouldn't surprise me if part of this is because. That's an issue that might be fixed, you know, at closer to launch day for the for the consoles. Um, so that's kind of the price of of you know d- journalist early access in a way. Um, but it does kind of you know make my eyebrows raise a little bit because I'm not a big stickler for like you know glitches or v- Like screen tearing drives me up the fucking wall like i it's, v-sync it's is one of my favorite things in the history of video games because i yeah. can't i think a lot of people agree that. with you that
0: a screen tearing is is
1: that it's is one of those awful. things
0: that everybody can notice like yeah like i would play n64 games back in the day and people would come over i'd be like oh man it's frame rate blah, blah, they're like what are you talking about like they yeah. can't even see it
1: yeah, like this tearing. is not frame pacing. This no. is like I, I, the, the world is splitting in half and it's this, ruining it's Literally, things. the
0: top yeah. part of the screen is tearing away from the yeah. bottom half of the screen. That's exactly what it is. And I mean, I'm look, I think they'll get it under control. Yeah. I just think at launch, you may see some anomalies like this, and you may see them on PS5 as well. Um, yeah, we I just think, I think it's going to be very important. PS5 crime. gameplay footage, honestly.
1: I think it's going to be very important to, to judge things by day one patches, because um, I think a lot of the stuff is coming down to the wire. Yep. so that's the way launches you, are. Yeah, you know, it's definitely be informed by, thing, you know, like, information like this, but, like, check back on launch day and see if they've, because VSync is not a huge implementation. Like you can, you it's can not do that. Resource heavy either. No, it's
0: not going to like tank your frame rate if you turn it on. Um, no,
1: it's, 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 it should be a pretty simple fix. It just might not be in the build they have yet. Yeah. It's, I mean, also
0: these games aren't done. So yeah. stuff like that could be added later on, or they could fix it before the final version comes out. Any of that stuff. Um, So there you go. That's the latest on Xbox Series X. Again, three weeks away from launch, people. Not long to go. Next, we're going to talk about Game Informer's excellent coverage of Spider-Man Miles Morales. It was the cover story on Game Informer this month, and as usual, that came along with an accoutrement of media and footage and interviews, and I mean... They really blew this game out this week, Matt. They had, like, three interviews with Insomniac. They had, like, five different gameplay clips, an exclusive trailer. I think what's happening is Game Informer is starting to transition its exclusive programs over to digital. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows how long the mag's going to be around. You know, they just went through a bunch of layoffs. Andy Mack just left. Um, and so I think they're, they're just getting out ahead of it and being like, look, we're going to still be here if there's no magazine. So let's just start getting these plans in place to start look, pushing for more Video instead of just written content.
1: And it keeps a bunch of people employed. So
0: It does, yeah. Um, And they did a great job blowing out Miles Morales. Uh, The interviews with Insomniac were great. They asked all the questions that I probably would have asked if I were the one doing the interview. Um, Yeah, it actually kind of felt like classic game trailers content (laughs) to some degree. Yeah, Um, they just did a great job with the coverage. So kudos to Game Informer. Also, we're running their footage right now. Thank you. Uh, Obviously, we put a tag in uh, thanking them for using it. Uh, there's not a lot, like when you actually add it all up, it amounted to like four minutes of footage, but it's all really good footage. And I did not include the first boss fight in this, so I didn't want to mm. spoil that for you guys. So that's not in this B-roll, but let's start talking about some of the stuff that uh, that they gleaned from their time. And I'll say this, it wasn't that much. Um, A lot of times when Game Informer does these cover stories, they get like the last big like revelation about a game uh, that people didn't know uh, leading up to kind of its final quarter before it releases. Not so much in this one. Some cool stuff, but nothing like earth shattering. Um, So we already knew last week, and we talked about it last week, that Peter Parker has been replaced inside the game. There's a new character model for Peter now inside the game. What we didn't really Mm -hmm. know last week, though was that he plays a big role in the game. He's not just like this guy that you see and you're like, hey, there's Peter, and then you don't see him again. He's a part of the plot. He's a part of the story. You're going to interact with him a bunch, um, which is cool. Like, I liked Peter from the original game. Um, I want him to be in this. Is this a sequel? I guess it is. Yeah, it's a sequel. I It takes takes place after the first game. Uh, So I want him to be in there, so I'm very happy about that. But the coolest thing of all, Matt, is Spider-Cat. Yeah. How that definitely... Okay, so maybe that is the one thing that they announced right before release that was like a big earth-shaking thing. There's a cat in the game. That's not a big deal. The big deal is that the cat is your friend and he's like Mm -hmm. chills in your backpack and when you fight, he fights with you. (laughs) It is flipping cool. Um, Can you think of another game that had an attack cat like this? Um...
1: I mean, not that like oh, yeah, tigers. I mean, there've been things like that. Yeah, uh, like there's, mounts and stuff. There's star in uh, in Injustice Two. Atrocitus has uh, the Red Lantern has the, the the space cat that, that Monster fights. Hunter. Monster Hunter has fighting cats. Yes, and that is, one I, fights
0: it. It's kind of like an AI driven cat yeah. that like fights alongside you. It's really cool. And the way that they implemented it, it's awesome. It's like literally you're in the middle of a combo, and the cat busts out of the backpack and just swipes. (laughs) It's so cool. I never would
1: Also, like, a fun little, like, New York thing because, like, the bodega cat is such a... Yeah,
0: and that's what he... The suit that he has is called, like, the bodega cat suit or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean I'm a big cat person, so I'm 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 too. in favor.
0: I don't have one anymore, yeah. but I do love cats. Um, but I it's not that I don't have a cat because I don't like them. Um, mm. I've just got used to not having one, and now I don't miss the responsibility that comes along with one. Mm. Even though with cats, it's really not much to be honest. They're very independent. Um,
1: I also love as we're seeing in this footage. One of the things I really like in this game is. They the animation on the swinging miles still isn't very good at keeping form on the yeah. low end of the swing, and I he gets it together by the time <laughs> he pops off the line. But like he hasn't done this as much. Well, as imagine Peter. the
0: G's that you're yeah. pulling when you're at that bottom of that arc. Like yeah, and what I'm wondering that web I can't even imagine. And like what I'm
1: wondering is like. Will he get better at it as the game goes on? That would like be in, cool. Like in into the Spider Verse, yeah. yeah. Into the Spider Verse, they did that. They not only made him like move like better. Well, in the as, beginning, as yeah, the, he was as the, terrible. As the movie went on, but they actually up his frame rate. They, the frame rate of the character in the movie gets faster. So, like early on, he's animated at twelve frames a second, and Peter Parker, the older Peter Parker, is animated to twenty-four. So he looks smoother and more practiced. And by the end of the movie. Uh, Miles has become 24 frames a second in, in Spider-Man action sequences. Yeah. So, And I know the people that work at Insomniac know that. And I know they're oh, yes. they, all those animation guys are crazy good at this. And that would be a totally Insomniac touch to put in that like Miles gets better as you level up or as the story progresses. And by the end, he's swinging right alongside Peter with just as much skill. That would be yep. really cool to see. Yep. I'm hoping that's in there.
0: Agreed. Um, some other stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they went through his abilities. Um, and at least the ones that are different from what you had with Peter Parker and most of his abilities that set him apart from Peter Parker have to do with electricity mm. um, he has what's called bioelectrokinesis, mm. which allows him to channel the electricity that's in all of us which is actually true uh, we all have like electricity coursing through us he can channel it and then use it for a variety of purposes um, the first one well, actually, there. so that is tied into a brand-new meter in the game as well that's called the Venom Meter. Um, and it's very much like Peter's focus meter from the last game. Uh, basically, it builds up over time as you land blows, and then eventually you can pull off special attacks. Um, his special attacks are the Venom Punch and the Venom Blast and the Venom Strike. And those are all electrically-influenced attacks that in some way uses atoms to uh inflict damage on the enemy um and then he um he also his his webs are also charged with electricity so like peter you web somebody down it it just holds them down when you do that with miles it holds them down plus it's like shocking them and kind of incapacitating them at the Mm. same time uh, which is cool Um, And then the last feature that... This one really changes the game more than any of the electricity stuff. And that is his spider camouflage. Um, Now, stealth was a part of Spider-Man. It wasn't a big part. And I did like the fact that you could kind of decide um, how you wanted to use it. Or if you didn't want to use it at all, I didn't use stealth that much at all when I played through it. But the spider camouflage in Miles Morales lets him turn invisible. And it's not... It's not like one of those typical invisibility cloaks that you get in games where you activate it and then there's a timer, and when it ends, it's done. You can turn this on and off at will, like mid-combo. To disappear mid-combo, reappear behind the enemy and land attacks. To me, it opens up so many possibilities for combat in this game to get creative and have fun with it. Um, In fact, you've probably seen it already. We probably ran through the B-roll that we have. uh, But they show a lot of that. And not only that, Mm -hmm. it also adds to the stealth in the game by a lot. This game has a lot more stealth in it than the first game did. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of stealthing <laughs> games, uh, so that's not a big selling feature for me. But it might be for you. Uh, but the truth is, there is a lot more stealth in this, but they've given you the tools to do it and do it with with flair. Yeah. Well, and also the, the the electricity
1: stuff plays a role in normal combos and real mm-hmm. com- actual combat as well. Yeah. So. It's uh you know they're giving you enough to feel make him feel different, and he should because you know his bioelectric powers are kind of key to the character. it wasn't the main differentiator between him and the previous Peter Park in the ultimate universe, so um it is a little weird how like black superheroes do tend to have electric powers. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, like, why it's, is that? it's like black lightning, static shock, like all the yeah. it's it's a storm. Like it it, it yeah. happens a lot. I don't know what that's that's a it's a <laughs> it's thing weird. that people notice in comic books and they're like, what, what is that? I don't and everyone's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem to be a reason for it, it just happens. But uh, it's a really cool way to differentiate him from Peter and um along with the cat. And uh yeah, like I got, I got nothing but the but, but excitement for this game. Like I'm, I'm all on board. I was on board as soon as they said it, but like yeah. even more so now. <laughs> um,
0: and then, really, the final detail that they shared that wasn't something that we knew already is that the final version of the game will run in 4K 60. If you put it on like the lean mode, mm-hmm. um, but if you want everything turned on, it also runs at 4K 30. So now Which we have. Which is what the original did. So i yeah. pretty much okay. So with now that. we have an example on both. Xbox and PlayStation of with everything turned on, 4K 30 kind of being the limit for a mm. last gen game. Man, that one shot of him like kind of grabbing the guy as the cat
1: pops out of it. how terrifying would that be if you were the guy he's beaten up? Like this is like, what the hell? Like is this weird dude with a face and the hands that are glowing and a cat jumps out of the backpack with a mask on? You're like, Where am I? Yep. So there you go. That don't do, is uh, don't do crimes, kids.
0: <laughs> Look, I, th- this isn't everything. Game Informer did an amazing job. Uh, just go to the game page for Miles Morales on Sifted, and they did a lot of work. We're just crib noting it, basically uh, plucking out the really important stuff. Some of the interviews with Insomniac are great, um, and they give a lot more insight on how they went about creating. This is the first game with Miles. Uh, mm-hmm. So they had a lot of responsibility in tackling this game, and a lot of the interviews go into that, what it was like working with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely go check it out. Don't just listen to our short discussion here on Game Face and figure that's good enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, Marvel uh, Miles was in Ultimate Alliance 3
1: um, as well, but he obviously... Yeah, that's right. That is just not... It's not comparable. It's just, yeah. you know the characters in that are not are you know he had like four electrical powers, super move things, and that whatever. Otherwise, he played exactly like everybody else.
0: I liked uh, playing with him though.
1: <laughs> he was one. Oh, of yeah, the he, was he was great. He's one of the best characters in the game. I thought yeah. Um that the 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 move where he could like put the electric webs on the ground as like an AOE thing. That was yeah. that was oh frankly I was kind of overpowered. I thought, but <laughs> yeah. I used it all the time. <laughs> I
0: still use it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so it's looking like 4K30 with, like, everything turned on is kind of what we're going to be hitting here out of the gate um, with both consoles. So maybe as, they, is- uh, maybe as they
1: update the fan speed, we'll get some higher <laughs> frame rates out of something. I don't know. Like, that's funny. There's so many weird little unknowns we don't know yet, but yep. Uh, so anyway, whatever, just give it to me.
0: <laughs> this is probably the last big blowout of it because it's a game informer cover story typically the developer and publisher hold stuff just for those um and just usually usually just like a launch trailer they're going gold then there are a launch trailer and that's pretty much it but i'm good i've seen yeah. enough of this game i'm sold um i think most of you probably have no know by now whether you're going to pick it up or not yeah Yep. All right, next, I'm going to create some more false outrage for you guys. Apparently, that's what I do. Um we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, another topic that has me angry. Hopefully, you guys will think I'm okay for being angry about this one. Um NBA 2K21. I think
1: you skip Cyberpunk.
0: Oh. oh I ha- Here's I was won-
1: pro- I was wondering what you were
0: Here's the <laughs> Why problem- is he angry about Night City <laughs> <laughs> episode Wire episode 4? Here's the problem. I have I switched them in a rundown and mm. the new rundown I gave to Jared and the old rundown Uh, I gave to myself. And I I had switched them around. So you're right. We'll talk about Cyberpunk 2077 first. You have to wait for my feigned outrage. Um, Night City Wire episode four happened this week. Uh, You guys probably know by now, these are the big shows that CD Projekt Red produces on its own. They're hosted by Holly, that girl that used to be the host for uh, PlayStation's official YouTube channel in Europe. Um, And they're very slick, very well done, and usually full of new information and new features for the game uh the last one was a little light on the ladder but not this one um tons of new information about cyberpunk 2077 came out of this uh there was there were two big well three big focuses but two that you guys will care about uh one was vehicles and the other was style and i know you're saying style i don't care about that either it's basically just showing you all the cosmetics that are in the game. And I think once you start seeing this B-roll and seeing the cosmetics that are in the game, you will care. The third tenet of this presentation was cosplay. And that's what I was getting at when I said there's one thing you guys probably won't care about. Oh, you might care about that too. Um, but for our purposes on Game Face, we're going to talk about stuff that relates directly to the game and not the cultural stuff on the fringes. Um, so we're going to talk about vehicles first. Um So vehicles, let me actually count how many different classes there are. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different classes of vehicles in the game. Actually, there's eight because bikes aren't, Mm. I don't know if bikes are their own class, honestly i mean i I would probably consider it it should be so yeah so that's an
1: extra they're not going to drive like the cars that's an a thing i would say agreed
0: um so quickly to go through them the economy if anyone's ever rented a car you know what we're talking about here Mm. it's a little four banger four-door sedan uh the type of car that you would rent for like 25 dollars a day they're small they're slow but they're cheap and they're easy um and so that's the economy next is executive and they're just like the big hoopties, like the Cadillacs, like the luxury big long boat ridey things. They don't really make those anymore, though. Now that I think about it, like a Cadillacs are like gone now, and they don't really make those. Like I don't even think they make the Town Car anymore. Now that I think about not it, not
1: really. I mean, you got to get like if you want something comparable to that, you got to get like a Bentley. or yeah, something. Yeah, you have to spend like two hundred, which games. is already up in like crazy <laughs> exotic. <laughs> Bentleys are like territory. a million. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, they 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 have um. A style of car that doesn't exist anymore, um, which is but it might. But again, you know, style comes back around. Yep, it does. Just like bell bottoms, if they can come back around, anything can come back around. Uh, next is heavy duty. That's like SUVs, tanks, heavy equipment, stuff like that. Uh, then they have sports cars, which are sports cars, but they have a higher class as well called hypercars, which are the supercars. Mm. Um, so sport is kind of like my car. It's like a 30, $40,000 two seater. And then the hypercars is the supercars, which is like your Lambos and your Lamborghinis and your Porsches and stuff like that. Um, and then just the last one is bikes. And the bikes thing is important because I'm really wondering if it was a part of the original plan. One, to have Rees in the game, and two to have bikes in the game, because the bikes that are in the game are actually bikes from his motorcycle company. So, I'm wondering if they went to him and were like, "Hey, we want to make you a big character in this game," and he's like, "Hey, I want you to put my motorcycles in that game," and thus the deal is is spawned, and off you go. You have Cannondale. I cool mean, the motorcycles, motorcycles, motorcycles badass. Oh, they are.
1: And then the motorcycles Ooh. are like his first love these days. Yeah. maybe maybe tied with band, his band. Yep but um, no, I mean that makes sense as, a, Dude, his, as a, the
0: motorcycles his company makes they're called Arch they are mm-hmm. bad ass mo- they're kind of like supercar motorcycles to be yeah. honest with you
1: Most I mean that makes sense a as a one. that makes a lot of sense as a cross promotion deal yep
0: to, to and I'm cool there. with it the bikes are awesome and they fit they, they fit look like right they in. fit they do yeah they, I mean they did tweak them a little bit but they fit even if you just look at a photo of one of those bikes they mesh with that world already so I have no mm-hmm. problem with it if it got Kano in the game I'm all for it He's. I think he's going to be great in this the game the
1: game and the marketing And the commercials, and I mean they they got a good deal out of this. Man, he went on
0: stage at E3 last year. Like, so yeah, I'm assuming he he had some asks, and I think maybe Arch Motorcycles was one of them, and I'm totally fine with it. Um, and then so far, now one thing I will say, just focusing on vehicles like this is very GTA-like. And I honestly didn't think that vehicles were going to be that big of a deal in this game because every time they've shown them in a trailer or gameplay, it always looked like this, like janky, like just a way to get from point A to point B. When Mm. I first saw them, I even wondered if you actually controlled them. I thought you maybe just got into them and just watched the car drive you to wherever you wanted to go. But no you do drive all the vehicles um and for some reason whatever reason i really did kind of have a like this weird instinct that
1: it was going to be a very rudimentary Driving open world.
0: I thought so too, but the no, like, no. A, but
1: yeah, like a big, big open world. Like when you're running around in the city, but I didn't feel like it was going to, but this is like a lot more That I mean, I'm, I'm shocked at how much outside the city stuff they've shown. Yeah. Well, the drive, you know, like, when you,
0: if you, depending on what class you choose, yeah. you may start outside start the out city there. in yeah. the desert. So obviously they didn't have vehicles for that. They need dune buggies and things like that for that mm-hmm. terrain. Now I will say this, it does not look like the sheer amount of cars in Cyberpunk 2077 is going to come anywhere close to Grand Theft Autos, from what they've revealed so far, of those like eight classes, there's like three or four different vehicles in each one of those classes. Now, most of the vehicles are not licensed. Um, they look like, it's just like GTA. They look mm-hmm. like vehicles that are real and their yeah. names kind of sound like them, but they're not, they're not licensed.
1: Except You for can the, tell, like, there's a, you can see there's a Lamborghini one, there's a Ferrari one. There's, you, know, you can definitely
0: see the influence. Yep, except for the bike, obviously, which is Cando's. company. Which is real, yeah. And it's real, Um, but also Keanu's car inside the game is also licensed and it's the only licensed car in the game Mm. it is a 1977 Porsche 911 turbo and it's a hundred years old in the game do the math it's Mm. It's a 100-year-old car that he still has somehow, still, after all that time. It's really kind of weird to see all the cars look like cars from 2020 when it's 100 years from now, I guess, now that I think about it. Yeah, you never know. (laughs) I mean,
1: remember that, like, you are – I mean, it's 2077, but really you are – they're trying to emulate – a, a role-playing game from the '80s. Yeah, yeah, it's cyberpunk. Um, so it's, yeah. it, and, and that's part. Of, I mean, you have to recognize our world in cyber in a cyberpunk thing. If you if, you know, it, it has to have that sort of attachment. You know, you know, day after tomorrow sort of element yeah. to it. Like five yeah. minutes in the future, people call yeah. it. So, and I think they're doing that. Like, I think the the fact that there are more mundane areas or outside the city area, even just areas of the city, you see them riding through in this footage that like isn't the neon drenched you know neo noir like blade runner look the fact that there's places that look like there might be where people work or live or or where the power stations are or whatever like that's that's a very important sort of element of verisimilitude and i think i think actually blade runner 2049 did that real well when when uh, they leave yep. the city and you see sort of what it looks like out there yep. outside of what we think of as sort of blade runner Like that world it feels more lived in, it feels more believable. It feels more like some, it feels more like more cautionary. It feels like, yeah, this could be us eventually, you know, like, and that's, that's how cyberpunk should be. Cyberpunk should have that
0: sort of, it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes (laughs) in the
1: future, like, Hey, we might be on this path thing. And it also needs to have, you can't forget the punk. That's the big thing. That's one of my things with, with CD Projekt Red is, are they going to get this? I hope so. Like, I think it's the punk part. The punk part, you, know, you always have to be fighting the fighting the man. You have to be up against the system. You have to be the outsider. And I think the character archetypes all feed into the outsider idea. So like they, yeah. they do seem to be getting there. But it's just, it's that thing like with Ubisoft that they finally broke with Watch Dogs Legion where they would continually say, it's like, oh, this game's not political. This is like,
0: Oh, no, they just last... Some Clancy is political, guys. like weeks
1: ago, guys. they were like, on, no. "Yeah, like, they finally, Yeah, the lead of like, yeah. Watch Dogs leading is like, yeah, it's very... <laughs> come on. Yeah. Finally. But cyberpunk is, if you don't want to get political, don't make cyberpunk. Because that's yeah. what cyberpunk is.
0: Yeah. Well, um, and I think that's this just game going to ble- is point to stuff no. that's happening right now or anything. But-
1: no, but I think it's going to point to societal <laughs> situations that like are relevant because you know, that's what cyberpunk does. The Witcher 3 did that. Yeah. I mean, it's just it- part, it seems to be part of the DNA as a company. Well, it makes
0: stories interesting. Let's yeah. just be honest. Like, it's just a plot device that's, and it's an effective one. Let him use it. I don't care. Um, and then the final note on vehicles is while I'm sure if you've watched the trailers, you've seen flying cars. You cannot pilot the flying cars in the game. There are cinematics where you get in the flying cars and you fly them in that fly in them that way, but you never actually control the flying cars. Maybe in a DLC update, who knows? Mm-hmm. But at launch, that's definitely not gonna be the case. Uh, but overall, I'm pleasantly surprised by how robust the vehicles are in this game. And getting to see them in action more makes me feel a little bit better. They don't look as janky as they did now. They look like they actually handle okay and they have like real physics and things like that. So um, that was one part of the game that I was honestly a little concerned about that I'm no longer concerned about at all. The vehicles look good, getting around the open world looks good. Uh, I think we're going to be okay there. And then, as I said, the other big tenant was style, uh, a.k.a. cosmetics. And uh, just like the vehicles, the cosmetics in the game are also broken up into classes. Uh, there's kitsch, which uh, mean, which translated means looks mean everything. Uh, they're typically the very vain characters in the game. Uh, they They put fashion over function whenever they look at their clothes. Uh, Entropism is the opposite. It's all function and no fashion. And I think in the trailer, they showed a guy who was like dressed in sweatpants or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, I I probably fall into the entropism group. Mm -hmm. I don't in video games. Like I don't dress like a bum in video games, but like the other day I put on like a pair of jeans and they felt so weird because I have not worn jeans in like months. I'm like, I can't believe I wore these every day. It's so (laughs) weird now. Uh, But anyway, that's me. Uh, Entropism, that's me. And probably a lot of us right now with COVID going on. Uh, then next is neo militarism, um, and that's kind of like kitsch, uh, but it's more refined and more traditional. So kitsch is like just over the top, flamboyant style. Neo militarism is stylish but more reserved. And then the last one is neo kitsch, and that is for strictly for celebrities, and it is just. Completely over the top. It's the most outrageous cosmetics, costumes, mm-hmm. etc. The floating they- bracelets and the hair up to
1: three feet up, and yeah, all, all, the, the, all the really fun stuff. LED awesome messages stuff. on your sunglasses, like all yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Which one are you going to be, Matt? I mean, I do tend to lean neo Neo-Kitch, uh okay. in terms of like in terms of that sort of like my preference in um, cyberpunk aesthetic. But maybe neo militarism, depending on what it depends, kind of what the gear does for you. Yeah, you know, I will, I will generally dress uh, in a game um, util, uh, utilitarian manner. So you give me something, I'll, I'll mix and match if I have to to get the bonuses I want, but we'll
0: see how that all works out. I'm always function over fashion in everything. Function. I ain't wearing sweatpants in a cyberpunk game. Like this. <laughs> function first. If it's fashionable en- after that, I'm cool,
1: but... Entropism is for NPCs.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think there might be one more Night City Wire before the game comes out. Obviously, it like, feels like
1: the, there'd be enough time. Like It feels like the time you'd be right to do one last one, like I a week. I think they said the long out. there was going to be five,
0: actually. I think. That
1: sounds about right.
0: Um, so we'll probably get one more. The game is literally a month away Yep, it comes out november 19th and today is the 21st yeah the 21st so it is four weeks away people finally um i'll be excited to see all you guys get your hands on this because i know i've been hyping this game hard since the first time i saw it and i know it deserves it and i can't wait for you guys to see that it deserves it Uh, and it won't the wait won't be long um so there you go cyberpunk 2077 night city wire 4 when they do the fifth one we will be back to talk about it again And now we can finally go to Feigned Outrage Part 2 on Game Face 233. Shane loses this top for nothing, man, again. And this time he's losing it over NBA 2K21. But I bet you you'll agree with me this time of what 2K is doing because you guys already hate 2K in Take 2. See how it works? (laughs) So a month after... NBA 2K21, and we praised this game out the yin-yang last week looking at that next-gen trailer, and it is stunning. A month after 2K releases the game, Take-Two releases the game, and reviews are done, and even the stragglers who wait a while to review sports games have put out their reviews. They, they add unskippable ads to the loading screens of the game. Hmm. So while you're waiting for my team to load or whatever, you're watching ads on a game. Now, let's, let's, let's take this back a second. A game that you spent at least sixty dollars on. And if you bought the next gen versions, you paid seventy for it. And And that's if
1: you didn't get any of the expanded, you know, extra versions or editions or whatever things. Yeah. Those things can go up to like 110 bucks or something.
0: Dude, it's insane. There's no way you should be running ads in a game people paid for. Well, also like mobile. Crap.
1: Isn't the point of next gen that there's no loading? So where were you gonna run those
0: ads? (laughs) That's a good point. So look, this happened and people like freaked out. They're like, this isn't this never happened before in a game that people paid for. Mobile gaming, it's all over, and that's fine. Like, if I'm getting a game for free, I'll watch ads. I like how mobile handles it in that you can be like, Well, I'd rather watch 18 ads, or you know, I'd rather pay. This one you're paying. And they're forcing you to watch ads. So people lost their crap because let's be honest, 2K has been pulling his crap for a long flipping yeah. time. 2K is the king of wait a month after release and then put something in there that people are going to hate. They've done it with like loot boxes and other nefarious ways of trying to squeeze money out of their fans. And so...
1: I guess that would explain the
0: 0.8 user score on Metacritic. <laughs> oh, it has a 0.8? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I see now Cinetyke say it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and well-deserved. And then Hail to Starscream brings out something else. The game is already, like, microtransactioned out the ass. It is the yeah. king of microtransactions. And this mean,
1: like, series right? has, has been that for a long time.
0: Yeah, it has been. And but and that's the thing. Like, year after year, this happens. They release the game. People bitch about the loot boxes at launch because they're there at launch. But then the rest is okay. Then a month later, 2K is like, whoop. People stop paying attention. Let me just slide that on in there. And then people freak out for a few days. And then 2K reacts. And they did react to this. And today they put out a statement, Matt, where they said that it was an accident.
1: That there were ads or that they're
0: unskippable? That. Actually, that's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> the quote was it was an accident. I don't know if they were saying it was an accident that they That's a it's, very specific distinction there, <laughs> I would say. It is. Boys. Well, actually, it's really not though, because either way, it's bull crap. This right. Is a game that you paid for. There should be no ads, period. It shouldn't matter at all. It's so freaking dirty. So anyway, they we accidentally they,
1: programmed a thing.
0: Yeah, we accidentally <laughs> programmed this feature into our game that we then had to send over to ad ops, who then has to secure the ad placements and then coordinate with ad delivery to deliver those ads into the it's bull shit. It's a lie. This was all planned all along to put it in. If people freaked out, they'd take it out. And now I mean, they're like, "Next, Ooh.
1: Next, you're going to tell me that Cap'n Crunch Oops All Berries is not a mistake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought a box of those, Matt, <laughs> once. Have you ever had them? No,
1: I'm not a I, Captain I, Crunch
0: I, person. I am a, okay, I'm a cereal connoisseur. I literally am. I love cereal. I've tried every cereal, every new kind that comes out, I try it. I got a box of those and I ate, and I do like crunch berries with like the Captain Crunch in them. But these are literally just all the colored balls. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. I ate a bowl of them. I was like, eh, that didn't really sit right or whatever. And then I went to the bathroom and I will never buy a box of those (laughs) ever again. Taste the rainbow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. And I threw the box out and I'll never eat them again. (laughs) I don't know how we got on this tangent, but anyway... Here we are. Um, (laughs) So anyway, Take-Two has been guilty of doing this crap for years and years now. It is one of the progenitors of the loot box. Also one of the progenitors of the I'm not standing down even when there's legislation staring in my face people for loot boxes. So it, it doesn't surprise me at all that they did this, but it's still just so disgusting. I mean... How do you rationalize doing this in the first place, let alone then lying about, oh, it was an accident?
1: I don't like, know. Like at a certain point, it's like what how much money do you need to make off these things? They, seriously,
0: like, you're already jacking up the price ten bucks for the PS5 and Xbox Series X versions. How much more do you need to make off a basketball game? It's It sucks. And the really crappy part is they're the only game in town. So if you're someone who consciously objects to the crap that this company is doing, but you love the NBA, you have no choice. No choice. You have to support this god-awful company. Um, And on, on top of it all, this week, so all the big Halloween things are happening for all the games as a service this week. They've either been announced, they've launched, or they're launching next week. And all of them are free. They're just fun. They're like, hey, put a pumpkin head on your character on Fortnite or whatever. It's all that kind of crap. Red Dead Redemption 2, Red Dead Online. We're doing a Halloween thing. And they do it, and they're charging money for it. Huh. Again, Take-Two, 2K, whichever company you want to blame it on, same crap. It's, they are the – as far as this stuff is concerned, they are the worst publisher in the gaming industry hands down i don't even know another publisher that comes close because especially now that people are kind of pulling back from that kind of stuff like they're making all the dlc free in call of duty now mm-hmm. um i mean like the main
1: question here for me is like what did you think the reaction was going to be yeah this?
0: like did you think you're going to be able to get away with it for a day and you make enough money off ads for mm-hmm. that day it was going to be worth it like i don't it makes like. Did no one in a meeting be like, "Hey, I don't know if a you've terrible been idea. outside in the last three years, <laughs> but or talk to another human being, which you may not have." They they don't really like this. It's crazy, Um, but not surprising because 2K is known for yeah. this. So, just something to keep in mind if you're thinking about you know. I know earlier I did say
1: waiting for I, Red Dead Two to make you make you watch like stage plays where people <laughs> try to sell you like razors or something <laughs> from Gillette. <laughs>
0: That's very possible. <laughs> that might actually be entertaining. Like though. some kind of <laughs> snake
1: oil salesman coming around trying to like sell you Budweiser or some yeah. shit. Like-
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, so to look, Take-Two is doing it with NBA 2K. And I know I said earlier, you may want to pick this up as like a showcase for your new console. Just keep all this in mind before you pick it up. You may not want to give them your money. And I would totally understand that if you mm-hmm. don't want to give money to a company like this. Um, but... Stuff like this is going to keep happening and the only way we're going to we're going to stomp it out for good is to raise our voice against it and say that this is wrong and we don't support it and look immediately all it took was one night of twitter outrage and next thing you know they removed the feature so I wouldn't be surprised if they come back. That's the other thing. 2K does is they the outrage comes and then they remove it and then like three months later it slid back in and most people don't know because at that point the only people left playing the game are the really hardcore NBA 2K players and mm. you know they're gonna play it and buy it no matter what. So they care as much. The flags don't get raised like they normally do right at launch. It's just so dirty. Just the waiting like a month after launch to put them in so you avoid the critics. Just all of it is just gro- gross. There's there's mm. the word of the there day. Is again. The word of the day is gross. <laughs> uh, so welcome, anyway. to, welcome to gross face. <laughs> we, <laughs> so anyway, we try to help you guys out when we can. I know a lot of you guys are conscientious and you think about where you where you spend your money. And if you don't want to give your money to a gross company, don't buy NBA 2K21. And that's where I'll end it. Mm. Uh, all right. Our last topic for episode 233 is the only game that came out This week That really mattered. And Matt, I'm just going to share what I said uh, before we started recording today. And that is that this may be the worst October in the history of video games. I'm not exaggerating. I started going back and looking. I went back like five years and no, every October destroys this October for five years. I don't know how far Mm -hmm. back it goes. I'm just saying anecdotally, if I remember correctly, this is the worst October like ever. Um, yeah, there are a lot of games. Real light. There, real There are a lot of games. I think Vincent had like 50 games in Dossier uh, this month, but literally like two or three that are really worth caring about. And one of them ended up being DLC, crazily enough. And that is Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 1, the first story expansion for Doom Eternal. It launched yesterday. I played it yesterday, and I'm here today to deliver my report And the first thing I'm going to say is, damn, that game's hard. Oh, my God. So I'll be honest. I hardly ever play DLC, like hardly ever. And so I'm going to ask Matt and the chat, you guys play DLC more often than me, and you would know. But this game, and look, nobody's really played Doom Eternal for months now uh, because it came out, like, back at the beginning of the year. This game throws you into the deep end. It Mm -hmm. starts. There's a cinematic And then you spawn and a door blasts open and enemies just come in and it's just on. You are in the final level of Doob Eternal right away. Like literally, and I, I, I remember right away why I had to drag my ass across the finish line with that game. I really struggled to finish that game even though it wasn't that long because towards the end, I just felt like whether I cleared something or not, it wasn't a matter of whether I played better or worse. It was a matter of whether I got lucky, whether that one missile or that one fireball from an enemy hit me or didn't hit me. Um, I just didn't feel like my skill had a lot to do with whether I completed stuff or not once I got to a certain level in the game. And when you start up this DLC, it it just is full bore right at the beginning. All the enemies that were at the end of Doom Eternal are there uh, and they start throwing new enemies at you in the second level of the DLC. Um, The very first thing you do is you fight an arena battle on an oil rig that's like three different floors and just like huge and sprawling I don't even know how many enemies I ended up taking down before I finally finished the arena. Probably, like, 300. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not even counting, like, the the cheap ones that they give you to replenish your health and your ammo. I'm talking about, like, legitimate enemies that I had to fight. Holy moly, man. Like, I had forgotten everything about this game. I had forgotten, like, so every enemy in this game has a quote-unquote trick a way that you defeat them, that you can beat them just by pumping them full of lead. But every enemy type has like some little thing that you can do that makes it much easier and much quicker to dispense them. I had forgotten all that crap. I could not remember other than like, what's the the floating eyeball? That one's easy, obviously. Mm -hmm. You just got to shoot something in its mouth. But the other ones, I could not remember what I had to do to set them up. Particularly some of like the bigger like brutes um, because some of them are like armored and you have to use like the blood punch to take them out. But then some of them aren't and you have to you have to shoot the cannons on their arms. I had forgotten all of that stuff. So I had to I relearn- I forgot that it was even a thing until you mentioned it. Yeah. It's and been I a had, long so, time since I played that. Yep. And I had to relearn all the enemies again. And one thing I will say is the game, I think it, it knows because when you die- All the loading screens are like, here's how you kill this enemy. Flip, here's how you kill this enemy. Flip, here's how you kill this enemy. So I did figure it out pretty quickly. Um, But still, it took me a while to get into the groove and start to understand the combat. I was getting my ass handed to me. Like, I forgot all about, like how, again, like the flamethrower works on a very specific enemy, literally can drop them like with one shot. That's the thing, like every weapon, the plasma rifle, like I use that on one enemy, it dropped like nothing, like i have forgotten all of that stuff. So I had to relearn all of it. And on top of it all, it is literally the end of Doom Eternal was tough. For me, it was tough. Maybe you guys thought it was no problem. It was hard. And this is harder. Um, It takes a step up. And I realize most people who played all of Doom Eternal, to the end, and wanted more, this is exactly what they want. For me, I dragged my ass across the finish line. I was happy to finish Doom Eternal. I had no interest in going back to play it again. But as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, it came out like in March, I think it was. So it's been like, you know, seven mm-hmm. months-ish. Yeah, it came out the same, same
1: day as Animal Crossing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was ready to go again, and within, like, 10 minutes, <laughs> I was not ready to go again. This game kicked my ass. Um, The good news is, I mean, well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. The good news for me was that it wasn't very long. Like, I ended up finishing it in probably, like, three hours-ish, roughly around there. There's only three levels, really, that you play through. There's the oil rig that I talked about. There's, like, this swampy area that you play through, and then there's, like, a crazy, like, future city thing that you play through. And there's a boss at the end of each one of them. So there's like three bosses. Um, one of them, though, is just like an arena fight. It isn't really like a boss fight. Um, the story stuff, I guess I should have started out with that, which is what I usually do when we talk about games. The story continues directly after Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal you've rid earth of the demons and you're back at home base, doom guy or whatever the hell he's called, is back at home base with all the science. It's so weird seeing this doom dude with all these like scientists with like lab coats. on, And they're talking like all nerdy. And then he's just like, Cocking his shotgun. It's just Doom is such a weird IP. It just really is. But that's one of the reasons I like it. It's just so different from everything else. Um, so, anyway, you start out, you're basically celebrating. You're like, oh, we just wiped all the demons off of Earth. And then Doom guy is like, not so fast. And basically, the demons have left Earth, but now they've gone to Erduk and they've taken over Erduk. So, now it's your job to go to Erduk and clean the demons out of there. And that's pretty much the plot. But it's um, burdock. It's like the, the spiritual realm or whatever. Like they basically went to the spiritual realm and started wreaking havoc there. I don't know, it's obtuse. And like, mm. it's a lot like destiny. They use a lot of words that I didn't know what they meant. <laughs> But essentially the demons that you wiped out just went somewhere else, and now you gotta wipe them out again. That's the best way to describe it. Um the plot isn't very heavy-handed. Like there's a big cinematic at the beginning, which you guys have seen. And then there's just like little like five, ten-second cutscenes that kind of happen throughout. Um and then I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. I mean, it's not a spoiler if you're trying to figure out whether you want to buy it or not. At the end, there's like a, a big cliffhanger and it says like to be continued because- Yeah, well, mean, it's part one. Right, but what my point is there, you don't get much resolution out of this at all. It is like, it's just a setup for what happens in part two. And the reason I bring that up is because some people may be like, well, maybe I'll just buy one or I'll just buy the other. Um, you can buy them separately. Um, if you have the deluxe version of Doom Eternal, you get it free. And what'll happen is, is next time you boot up Doom Eternal, you go to the home screen, and there will be a little option there uh, that you select. And then it'll take you, it does like a check, basically. It goes to the store, make sure that you're supposed to have it, and then it asks you if you want to download it. Um, And then you do. And once you do that, it is a standalone campaign inside the menu screen. You do not have to have completed Doom Eternal to play it. None of that. None of that matters. Although it It sounds
1: like it expects you to have. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, if you haven't played it, you have no chance. In fact, I would like to see somebody jump into this who had never played Doom Eternal at all because they would literally be dead in like three seconds. I'm not exaggerating. That's how insane it is. Um, So anyway, you get it free if you got the deluxe version of Doom Eternal or you can buy them each DLC a la carte because there's this, which is part one, and then part two is coming in a couple months. Um, And you can buy those as a bundle. They're calling it like the year one pass for 30 bucks. So each of these is $15. If you buy them together, if you buy them separately, they're like $20. No, these aren't worth 30 bucks. These aren't worth $15 either, people, by the way. If you're a hardcore Doom guy, and I'll say this, there are some people out there that I watch play doom eternal that blow my effing mind like i've watched some speed runs of this game where it's just it's a completely different game to these people completely different they don't even think about like getting their ammo or their health back like they just the way they traverse the levels it's like they can fly like it's really crazy how good some people are at this game i am not one of those games i'm an average player one of those guys i'm an average player I do need to kill enemies to replenish my health. I do need to kill enemies to replenish my ammo. So I know there's some people out there that are just itching to get more of this. Uh, People who are on that level of play, I'm sure they're going to gobble this. They'll probably beat it in like five minutes. Um, But for most people, it's a struggle. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to go through the relearning curve of remembering kind of what you need to do in the flow of combat, the right enemies in the right time. So you use specific weapons and power-ups and things like that. Um, It takes a little while. But I will say this, I did have fun The checkpoints mostly are good. There are some times, though, where they're not. And you Mm -hmm. fight, like, 40 or 50 dudes and die to, like, the 51st, and you go back and have to fight all 50 dudes again. It is not for the casual Doom player. If you got, like, the 2016 Doom reboot like, I like that. And you got Doom Eternal, you're like, I liked it, but maybe a little, don't even touch this. And definitely, I would not recommend anybody spends $30. If the next one is like this, and it's just a couple hours long, no, it's not worth it. Um, that's a lot. That's like half a game, 30 bucks, And that's if you're buying the year one pass where you're getting the deal. So it's really polished. I didn't have any bugs. It's really clean. It's really fast. I did have fun playing it. I did get frustrated a lot. I did get my ass kicked. I did prevail, but I will say I do not recommend paying for it. Um, Does DLC ever really go on sale, Matt? Yeah, it does. It does? So that's what I would recommend then. Like wait even like a year from now uh, for this stuff to come way down. I mean, mean, a
1: year from now, you'll be able to get the whole Doom pack for like 20 bucks. You know, Bethesda, I mean, I don't know, Bethesda historically has discounted things pretty hard and, and low um, over time. Uh, maybe Microsoft's ownership will change that, but uh, no, DLC goes on sale pretty often. I I, I definitely
0: keep an eye on DLC sales. Yep. Um, and the other thing, too, is I've been playing a lot of Cold War. Um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, I was in like the pre-alpha, I was in the closed beta, and I played the open beta, and I, I, dude, I maxed Alma. <laughs> Matt, my KD in Cold War is almost 2.0. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember, but I have said for some reason, all Treyarchs, Call of Duties, I dominate in. And then the other ones, I, my KD usually hovers around like 1.1 to 1.2. And then every Treyarch, I'm at least like 1.4, 1.4. I'm over 2. In Cold War, I just slay. I don't know what is happening, Matt. It's blowing my mind. I finish every match like 30 and 7, 25 and 3, 17 and 8. Like, I started taking screenshots of like where it would show you like your KD across your last 10 games, like all of them over two. It's like I finished one game like 37 and 4. I don't know what it is about Treyarch's games that I just. Dominating them. I dominated all weekend long. And I was like, okay, surely the ELO is going to kick in here and I'm going to start playing against like esports guys because I can't keep just mopping up these people. And no, all weekend long, just dominated. I mind-boggling. I (laughs) have no idea. So anyway, I dominate Call of Duty for like a week straight against everybody who's playing it and there are literally like tens of millions of people playing it and then get my ass handed to me by Doom Eternal. So a humbling experience to say the least. I think we all need those in life. Just when you start to get up on your high horse, there's always something there to knock you off of it and that was definitely the first DLC for Doom Eternal. So there you go. You have any questions, Matt? Not really. You think you'll give it a spin? No. You, I honestly I didn't I like Eternal.
1: Doom Eternal. I didn't like Doom Eternal that much. Okay. I I like the 2016 one and this was a very different direction to me and I just mostly find it tedious after a while. I like guess it just,
0: does get I mean this is only 3 hours long so I didn't really burn out on it but that happened to me with Doom Eternal too. Like it just gets and again like I just felt like when I would finally complete something I was like I just got lucky that time. Like the grenade mm-hmm. didn't land like at my feet that time or whatever like I didn't feel like I just ruled it at the time. Like, there's just so much going on. You just have, like, 20 enemies that are, like, shooting fireballs from, like, 400 yards away, right on target. And meanwhile, you've got, like, 20 dudes, like, in crowd control, like, distance. Like, it's a lot to... Consider and when you play, and then you watch like some of the pros play, and you're like, now I understand. Like you play it like it's a different video game than mm-hmm. me. <laughs> so anyway, it's challenging if you're looking for a challenge. Um, and it it look, it looks great, plays great, sounds great. All the stuff that was a part of Doom Eternal is there. It's just a shorter, self-contained campaign, but the challenge is definitely ramped up. All right, it's time for QA. We're at the end of episode 233 um let's see if any of you guys got ahead of it and asked some questions um oh here's nexus s batty watching your gameplay shane playing fps you always been a bit of a scrub (laughs) well that's funny i just probably dominated your ass for the last week at cold war so what are you gonna say now (laughs) that's funny uh here's one from score fear uh will demon souls have an easy mode what percentage of people will stop playing after a week because it's too hard or because they beat the game? Uh, Demon Souls
1: will not have an easy mode, I'm willing to bet. Yeah, I'm willing um, to bet that too. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. People have been wanting this thing for a long time, and people play played Dark Souls games over and over, and there's still the multiplayer and co-op to be done. I think there's some longevity to it. A lot of people can't beat that game in a week. <laughs> Top of that, like
0: yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to. I can pretty much guarantee I won't be able. to.
1: I'm very curious if uh, if it will. If people who have never played Souls games will be giving this one a try just because it's a launch title, and there's not much else you know new to buy. Like I feel like they might get some early adopters, sort of just out of curiosity, who've never delved into that series. And I wonder. I do wonder what because it is a full reground of remake, like what they've tweaked and what they've done with it, to, if anything, to make it more new player friendly, because Dark Demon Souls was a real hard entrance, uh, at the Just time. hit the hype
0: train. Hi. Ooh. Thanks everybody. It's freaking awesome. Even though you tried to make fun of me, Nexus six batty. Thank you for Twitch prime. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I should say too is, I get grief over my footage a lot. And a lot of the time is because it's literally the first second I played the game. Like, I, we only record the first hour for Game Face. And we don't want to spoil anything for you. So I record literally the first five minutes I play the game. I'm not warming up. I'm not learning the game first. It's the first time I'm playing it. Now you could argue maybe I should go back afterwards and replay the beginning of the game again. I'm not doing that. I don't have the time for that crap. So if you want to make fun of my footage? I don't care. We got B-roll in our show. You aren't getting it anywhere else. <laughs> um, Fire native, thank you for Twitch Prime. Call of Dookie one, thank you for Twitch Prime. Texture glitch, thank you for Twitch Prime. Johnny Hurricane, what's up, brother? Thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, who else? J.M. Rain, thank you again, man, for making it rain. All those emotes that we all got, that's awesome. It's so funny, like I didn't even realize the importance of the emotes on Twitch um, because I'm always on the show when all this is happening. I'm like, oh, we just got emotes, that's great. Well, my buddy's DJ on the weekends on Twitch and I go into the chat and I'm like talking to my buddies from Philadelphia or whatever, and I realize I have this gigantic arsenal of emotes. Like everybody else has like five And I have like 500. Like, it's crazy what all the people watching Game Face have unlocked for all of us across Twitch. Like, everyone's like, where'd you get that one? I'm like, I don't even know. It's just here. I can just use it. And that's all because of the hype train, Jam Rain, all the people giving us bits. It's awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, here's a question for Matt from ETH Demon Uh, what's your opinion on the Disney Reorg and them at least saying that they are prioritizing streaming what do you think the future of theaters are given AMC's inevitable bankruptcy
1: Um, I think it's an interesting move uh, by Disney Uh, someone had to do it first because look there's no end in sight in terms of reopening theaters uh, fully in the United States anytime soon probably not until about this time next year I would think Um, I think we'll be to be clear I think like by maybe spring next year, we'll be able to go. You know, we'll have our vaccinations. Maybe we'll be able to go hang out with each other, masked in places. We'll be able to, you know, go over to his friends' houses and feel pretty confident with that. But in terms of going to like a bar, like with with you know with no precautions, or or maybe even into a new restaurant or something like a theater, that's going to be a long time. And. Disney is like you know, the end of next year probably yeah, I guess yeah and he is you know acknowledging that and moving forward on this and look if it means I get to see Black Widow on, in a timely manner or whatever else they're releasing in a timely manner without having to risk my life in a freaking theater awesome or go to a drive-in because I'll say this I had fond memories of drive-ins uh, when I was younger um not the way you want to watch a first-run movie, uh, no. especially with these. The way they do it now, and like and like you got people He's a driving in car stereo
0: and car stereo, or like, like people, people <laughs> driving.
1: I mean, you know, I I run it through like a, a separate speaker things. I have to have my car on and run the battery down, but like. Yeah, you get people flashing your the lights as they drive in, and so you get headlights on the screen, and so yeah. it's, it's not ideal. really it, no, you know.
0: dude, you go to drive-ins with your bros and your girl, and yeah. you you sneak some beers into the drive-in and you drink them and you party and hang out at like the concession station mm-hmm. It's an experience thing. It's not about
1: really yeah. watching the movie. The, the back seat was the more important place, really.
0: In, yep. in the end. <laughs> I um, wasn't going to go there, but you did. But yeah, you're right. I'll I mean, that's, there. that's why I went to the movies whenever I was like 10 to like 14. But like, um, so now. that's a, that's
1: a, a stopgap solution. It's fun to do that for like movies you really know and love. Like, they did a Rose Bowl screening of um, like open air screening of Empire Strikes Back for the 40th anniversary. Like, that's, that's cool. cool. I, didn't, I didn't get to go to that, but that was that's a cool way to do it. Um, so I think pivoting to that is definitely what has to happen in terms of the revenue model for the big tentpole pictures. Like if you spent $200 million on something, you've got to put it out in theaters internationally and you've got to put it out so people can see it uh, on a subscription service. You know, Disney's lucky they got Disney Plus up when they did. Um, so they actually have an outlet for that. As far as the future of theaters, um, theaters aren't going anywhere. When this is over, theaters will be back. But AMC, as you know, will probably be gone. Um, the trick is yeah they're right on the they're other, right on the brink <laughs> other companies will take over that business there's still tons of money to be buy made the theaters and they move right in there and um, the studios might try to buy some like that that uh previous was And here's was- the thing they'll probably do it better They might. I mean, previously that's been made illegal. Like that was a whole problem back in the old, the golden age of Hollywood was when all the studios owned the distribution methods, which was its own whole other can of worms. Um, But it will come back. The other thing to remember, and this is my real estate developer side coming out. um, But if you own the land or the buildings that, that is a theater complex, the last thing you want to have to do is pay the money to renovate that thing into some other kind of business because that is a very specialized structure. Yeah. And the people who own the theaters are going to want to lease them out as theaters again. Yeah. So they're not gonna go anywhere. Like what? Like, it's, well, they're not gonna bulldoze them. No, they're, they're not gonna get back torn back. down. They're not gonna get turned yeah. into gyms, right? Which you also won't be able to go to. So it's <laughs> next
0: year. Um, Why would that?
1: <laughs> like it's, it, that's, you're not gonna see that happen. The theaters will come back. Will the people come back to them? Like. I guess that's a good question, but I do feel like the social experience of seeing a movie in a theater with people is never going to fully go away. Um, and frankly, um, I would see one of the, just about anything in a theater with other people right now if you offered it to me without with a, with a guarantee that I wouldn't get sick yeah. because uh, I just miss
0: it. I just miss people. Yeah. I miss freaking people. I missed all you freaking people for the last month when we were doing this show, Matt and I just alone and me sitting mm-hmm. in the studio and Matt sitting in his, There's such an element that's added to the show doing it live on Twitch. I'm so glad we're back uh, for so, so many reasons. Uh, next question from Johnny Hurricane. You ready for the mad rush of November and the lack of sleep? Uh, I've had, since COVID started happening, my sleep schedules have got all out of whack i start getting i look just for reference i used to go to bed at like two three in the morning every night every night even when i worked at gt i was going to bed at three in the morning sleeping like five or six hours getting up going to work since covid started i've started getting tired at like 10 o'clock and i fought it for the first like couple of months and now i'm like i go to sleep at like 11 11 30 now And I get up. Sometimes I wake up at like 5.30 or 6 in the morning. It's crazy. I feel like I'm turning to my mom. Like Mm -hmm. my mom wakes up at like 4 in the morning. I'm working my way there. So my sleep schedule is all out of whack right now. Um, I am nervous about that because you're right. In November, we need to play games wall to wall. And I need to do late nights to do that. And I'm really concerned that like for the first time in my life, I may not be able to do it. I may have to start playing games at like four in the morning, which is the last thing I want to do. So I'm going to try to start getting myself into a decent schedule um, to try to get ready for November. But you're right, man. Man, we all got to prepare and try to figure out how we're going to get through it. It's going to be crazy but it's going to be awesome. Yeah,
1: I've had periods where I've had like weird, you know, because I am the same. I, two or three in the morning is generally when I want to go to sleep. And I was the same, you know, working in the G4, go to go to sleep at two, get up at eight or whatever. You know, luckily we did have a job where we didn't have to be there till like 10, except unless it was a shoot day when yeah. we had to be there at seven, which sucked. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still mostly like that even now, but there were periods like earlier in the summer where like I was falling asleep at 10 and getting up at five, and it's I'm so like, well, Bob. Like, you I get guess, up.
0: It's still dark. Like, yeah, I I'm just here. like, I guess I'll go for a walk. I don't know. No, as long, as, 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 long as I'm now working. an old man,
1: so let's I, do it.
0: <laughs> I come in in this room and I start working. I have to turn on a light because it's dark. It's mm-hmm. so weird. It's so opposite of how I've been my whole life. But that's that's COVID for me. Well, I going
1: to get even more and more like that as the as the time change happens yep. and yep, winter, winter. winter rolls in.
0: Yep. Uh, next from the Big Smoke, 82. How do you guys think the current gen versions of Cyberpunk 2077 will run? It's the only game I'm looking forward to playing, and have decided not to upgrade to the next gen yet. That's I'd be a, little a little fine nervous. question. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: If I if I had anything other than an Xbox One X, I would be
0: a little nervous. Question. Even a PS4 Pro, I'd be a little on edge. Yeah. Because it, i will be honest with you, it just doesn't look like it's been optimized <laughs> that much for current gen. It seems like it's been built for PC first, and then everything else kind of trickled down. Um, yeah,
1: and I mean, we'll see. I mean, look. CD Projekt Red has has a history of very strong support, but they also, also have a history of. But they also have a history of trouble at launch. You know? And bugs and. There's a reason they they did enhanced editions for Witcher One and Two to basically for free to basically fix everything that was wrong with them uh, when they launched. Um, you know, Witcher Three had problems on PS. PS4 for a long time, and some yeah. would, you know, some on the vanilla PS4. I don't know if they're even still fully fixed. Yeah,
0: still problems. Yeah, um,
1: they they did had weird HDR problems on the Xbox One X version for a while. Like, um, you never know. You don't know what you're gonna run into here. And um, like, I'm, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you don't want, I've upgrade, never seen it
0: running on PS4.
1: No, so they've not seen that. we Xbox One. Every time if, I've seen if, it, it was on a PC. And honestly, like I, I mean, it's not like I would pass it up if I was buying it on current gen. But I would definitely wait to see what like Digital Foundry has to say about the current gen stuff before I commit to which which version I buy. And I know that sucks because you might end up having to wait, like not getting it like launch night or whatever. But like Digital Foundry usually usually has stuff up like day of or day before or yeah, something. Good. So like, and there's no pre order bonuses. I don't think there's no super editions you got to choose from or anything like that. So I feel like. Just just take your time and and wait for impressions on how it runs and make your decision then I guess um, like it's it's a it's a I am worried about that I mean I'm not gonna play it on current general stuff but like I'm it's concerned. definitely it's definitely I'll a valid fully worry admit it. I am definitely yeah. concerned yep for sure it's a valid worry
0: because I'm gonna play it I mean I'm yeah, yeah I'm gonna play it on you know well something yeah
1: I don't I haven't really chosen yet. I, mean, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of waiting for digital founder on that, too. I'm like, <laughs> PS5 or Xbox or Series X? Like, which one? Like, I really don't know. I mean, my my instinct would be to say Series X just from their track record because it's more of a standard PC, and they probably were more familiar with that, and maybe it's not optimized too well for the PS5 hardware, but, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Yep.
0: Uh, next from Justin Horman, are there any games that released recently that you've held off on playing until next-gen launches because they perform poorly on current-gen consoles? Well, I think... <laughs> For a lot of people, it could have been Cyberpunk 2077, but I think a lot of people may wait until they get the next-gen console, depending on the reports that come out about it. Um, I, unfortunately, don't have the luxury of just putting a game aside. Um, I did not finish Ghost of Tsushima, and I am excited about the prospect of finishing that on my PlayStation 5 after I get through all the launch stuff. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I mean, that game looks great already. So, otherwise, no for me. What about you, Matt? Um... Was it like waiting to play? Yeah, because you want to play them the, on a better system. No. Like
1: maybe if I didn't have to, it wasn't doing the show. I would maybe do that with Watch Dogs Legion, but I don't think I would be patient enough for that, especially with the free upgrade to the. Especially after October, how oh, yeah. awful
0: this month has been, man! I'm cracking out. I need a good game to play. Um, I am kind of waiting on Cold Cold War. I mean, I'm sick of playing it.
1: Like I'm kind of waiting on the on the the Ghost of Tsushima patch that just came out for that. I guess like I haven't touched that. I probably won't touch that until then. I am I am starting to get the. I obviously said I got the itch to replay. Spider Man, I got the ish to replay Last of Us Two coming up. Um, but I'm waiting on the next gen version, Yeah, the remaster Spider Man and whatever they do with last with Last of Us before I do that. Um because like look, going through Last of Us Two is a is a journey. Um, it is not, not quite ready for that just yet. Yeah, is, is that a, I don't know if I'm don't over the some,
0: first trip. Through. i will play something <laughs> happier like
1: Valhalla or Cyberpunk before I go back to that. Let's one.
0: usually knock his new weird game Balon Wonderworld or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that'll I don't, do they, it
1: for you. Yeah, there's a there's a wacky, that Billy Hatcher meets Knights that game thing. looks terrible. Said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I said optimistic. it from day one,
0: and the more I see, the worse it
1: looks. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little um. I, f- I feel bad, like, ripping on my old Sega heroes like that. Like, that looks I know, dumb. I, even I though I love, it, I love Knights. I love all that stuff. But Yuji Naka's like, oh, I don't know. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I don't even want this art book from the stupid Yu Suzuki game. Like, it's just like, I, I feel like it's all turned around and weird now. Yeah. I did, however, appreciate, I don't know if you saw, there was an interview with uh, um uh, Mikami. Uh, really in-depth interview. Oh, great. That was an amazing feature. But Loved he it. straight up said like the, the pre-rendered backgrounds and the tank controls of Resident Evil were just a workaround because they couldn't figure out any other way to do it. And he thinks it's garbage and people come up and say, oh, it's what made it really scary. He's like, please stop, please stop saying as it's embarrassing. And I'm like, thank you. He's like, Resident Evil 4 was finally what I wanted to make and that's what it was. I'm like, thank you. I yep. hate the tank control. It's It was never scary. It was just irritating.
0: Uh, not Sir. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Appreciate it. Uh, here's a question from Mike's Q. Um, are there any movies that you're excited to watch on your Ultra HD players in the PS5 or Xbox Series X? Are they able to pre-order the 4K Lord of the Rings trilogy? and I am so stoked to watch them in December.
1: Yeah, I mean, no that, that Lord of the Rings trilogy is is probably the thing I'm... The, I have it on pre-order, too, so I'm waiting for that for sure. And I will use my probably my PS5 or... Xbox for that because that's what will be hooked up. I mean, I do the Xbox Series X. Xbox One X does do UHD, so like I have watched UHD things on it. It looks great. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons I got the disc version of PS Five because I want to have the playback because usually Sony's playback is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking. For, I mean, it's not really a thing on my mind, but like I will certainly use one of those consoles to watch Lord of the Rings when it comes out. I've been certainly waiting for that to be on 4K forever. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I agree. Lord of the Rings and um,
0: this is my first Ultra HD player. This will be this is the first time I will be capable of watching movies. Well, now you
1: have a TV that really does it justice, so you'll you'll notice it. You'll notice the difference. I can't
0: think of maybe if they re released like every Star Wars movie in 4K, I would buy it,
1: but um, otherwise, I mean, you can watch them in 2K on um, on uh, Disney Plus. And there are the you know the despecialized versions that they've done that they've done on the internet. Uh, there are 4K transfers of the originals, uh, or at least uh, Return of the Jedi and um, and the um, and Star Wars. I think they're still working on Empire, uh, but they found a pristine 70 millimeter print of Return of the Jedi, so they digitized wow. that first and cleaned it up. It's go- they're gorgeous. They they wow. they look better than they would have looked in the theaters in the eight in, in the original days. So that would be a good thing to run on that TV if you can find a way to do that. Um, otherwise you need of course you need the UHD discs uh, for and you know, there's a couple that are really good. I mean um Wonder Woman is is uh, reference quality uh, UHD disc that one like the, the the UHD version of Wonder Woman is, one of the most gorgeous pictures you will ever see. Uh, any any UHD version of those BBC World Nature documentaries oh, that yeah, David absolutely. Attenborough does. Yeah. Like that, I mean, when I first got my plasma, that's all Planet I watched Earth. for like a like week. Like I bought the whole Earth box
0: and, set of Planet yeah, Earth,
1: man. Planet <laughs> Earth, Frozen Planet, like all <laughs> that. Yeah, Amazing. All that stuff. And then
0: when, when I got my 3D TV and I wanted to get 3D stuff, I started buying all their 3D stuff too because mm-hmm. it's all the best 3D stuff.
1: And I do have some UHD stuff from things I really like. I have the, like the UHD version of Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which is a terrible movie, but sure, it looks sure looks good. Uh, Pacific Rim, I have the UHD of Pacific Rim because I love that movie despite itself... Um, Yeah, so I have have a bunch of UHD subs I've already seen. I am curious if it'll look any different or sharper, or what the tweaking settings will be on each system. Like, I'm curious to kind of dig into that. But it's probably like thirteenth on my list of things to do with the new consoles. But luckily, by the time uh, Lord of the Rings comes out at the beginning of December, I'll have gone down to about thirteen. Number thirteen on the list, so we'll be ready for that. Um. Also, any UHDs you can get of Pixar stuff, amazing.
0: We we'll answer one more throughout a time, and we're gonna answer Jam Rain ninety nine because he made it rain today with all the bits and all the emotes for all of us. Thank you, Jam Rain. Um, and his question is, and I just lost it somehow. Oh, here it is. What would it take to bring back interest in Avengers
1: campaign um, DLC? Yeah, me? I guess so. I mean, I'm I'm because I haven't played it in weeks. Uh, there are three people on my friends list who play that every day um every single day they're on it <laughs> they're on that game well look i don't begrudge anyone for what they No, are. i mean like, so it works for someone it yeah, works for some people, some people are enjoying i them. played like kind of the main st- like the, the post-game missions and got some stuff for the characters i liked and i just sort of checked out i will probably come back when hawkeye comes out just to try him. um that's really what i need is more characters DLC to try characters, and yeah. more deals and more reasons to come back and he told the story with these characters yeah like exactly yeah exactly even if it's just like the character you know solo mission thing like they have for the other characters like that's enough for me give me a new boss to fight give me a new character to see um, that'll do it but it's just they've been completely dormant for like a month and a half
0: I don't think there's anything they could do to the games as a service stuff that made me come back, but probably not. If, if they release more campaign DLC, I will be there in mm-hmm. a heartbeat. I love the campaign in that game; I enjoyed every minute of it. So
1: yeah, that is definitely their strength. I hope they can find they a way can to deliver sort of pivot more of to that, that. I'll be back. yeah. If they absolutely. don't, I won't. And look, Destiny kind of learned that lesson a little bit in places as yeah. well. So that's not, it's not unprecedented.
0: Yep, that's true. All right, that's it for Game Face episode 233. I'm sorry I didn't get to all your questions. There's so many more down here. I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could answer them all. The good news is we should be back live again next week. So some of those questions, hold them for next week. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, just a reminder for those of you who are watching or listening rather on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Uh, if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to keep getting episodes, please head over to patreon.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. And you can pledge as much or as little as you want every month, and we appreciate every single dollar. If you're on YouTube and you can't afford to contribute in any way, although you can join us on YouTube now and get everything day and date, check that out. Just hit the join button. Uh, But if you can't do that, there's always Twitch Prime. You can literally give us a free $2.50 every month for just clicking a button. It takes one second. Once you have it set up, it takes one second. So if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks to everybody live on the show today. I don't even know how many Twitch Prime subs we got. It just seemed like they were just, just littering the chat all show. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks to Jam Rain for all the bits. We're way behind. This is a huge help. Um, and just just really good to be back on Twitch, talking and hanging with you guys. Um, and it's just going to get better as the uh, Generation 9 consoles get closer. So on behalf of Matt, who you can find on Twitter at MKyle, that's K-E-I-L, and myself, who you can find on Twitter at Denfire, we'll be back next week. Game faces is up and out. <music>